Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where tonight my friends and I will be playing the Vasin RPG. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. The scenario is called Alcavari. It is. It was written by Matthew Sanderson, who is also our game master for tonight, and this is another long one-shot. So without any further delay, let's begin our journey into the darkness. Matthew? Right, thank you very much, Tom. So, after a fairly eventful December that's just gone, um, our group of investigators and members of the Society have returned back to Castle Gillencrutz for a, for a lovely Christmas, uh, really bringing in all that atmosphere in Uppsala, uh, probably eating a bit too much over the period, as everyone does, a few too many roast chestnuts. And the year turns, and it is now January. And it's cold, unsurprisingly. It gets really cold in January. So with the uh, with the castle in its state of having various holes in the roof, it's not like it retains heat very much. So even the the castle itself is probably colder than it is outdoors, apart from the odd the odd room or two that you've got in here with a fire burning. And it is Monday, the nineteenth of January. So things are starting to slowly warm up into a still a very cold February, when, as is normal for events to kick off at the castle, there is a knock at the front door. Oh, I shall go and answer it. Yeah. Um, as you head to the front door, uh, walking past the butler's room, um, Algot is still perpetually sat in his nice comfy chair with his newspaper and cocoa. Uh, actually hearing you go by, it's uh, you hear actually a brief thank you from him as you go past. Indeed, the door opens up with a creak, and stood there is a familiar little urchin, again, still somewhat threadbare, uh, slightly singed around uh, around the outs- outsides. A uh, boy that's his knees are knocking together in the cold, and he's holding a very, very crumpled letter. Good morning, Anders. Please come inside for a moment. Oh, thank, thank you, sir. Yeah. He, uh, he comes in, he stamps his feet a bit, rubs his arms. It's like, oh, it's getting... Yeah, pretty pretty chilly out there, sir. There's a corona for you. Oh, thank uh, you, thank you. Uh, Cook uh, has some food in there if you want to uh, get something to eat. Oh, thank you. Yes, yes, yes. So, thank. I always love coming here, apart from the first time. But uh, yeah, this. uh, Yeah, as I love love the food here. So he he quickly uh, he quickly scampers off after giving you the letter. So I'll uh, I'll open it as I'm walking into the the great room where I assume everybody else is. Mm-hmm. We've yeah, uh, received a letter. Uh, let's see who it's from. Mm-hmm. Oh, the outside. It's only marked to the society. It's not actually like the previous one that you've had, where it's for asking for Linnea directly. Uh, so this is a more generic uh, letter. It's postmarked. About a week ago, uh, it's Monday the 12th of January, coming from, and I'm probably going to butcher the pronunciation of this, uh, Kivjok, which probably isn't somewhere that you'd be too familiar with. Uh, Maybe if someone looks it up in an atlas or map, uh, you'll find it is quite a long way north. It's from the north. Mm -hmm. And this is what it says inside. 
for the attention of the Society for Studies of the Invisibles and Protection of Mankind. My name is Walter Holt, and my time to write this is short. I am the foreman at the Alcavare Silver Mine, north of Kvigjok, in Jokmok Municipality, Norboten County. We are in need of your assistance. Our digging has brought down the wrath of the mine guardian upon us. The mine owner, Ragnvold Lindquist, and mining engineer Magdalena Johnson have not heeded the mine guardian's warning to stop digging, and now five of our miners are dead from a drift collapse. One of the miners, Melchior Runström, tried to warn them, and they wouldn't listen. Now the collapse has happened, he is seen as a danger to morale. He's about to be reassigned to the smelting plant near the Gamajoko Rapids outside Kvikchok. I am giving him this note to begin its journey to you. He will be able to inform you of more details upon your arrival. Please come immediately. I fear more will die if Linquist and Johnson insist on continuing to dig and defy the orders of the mine guardian. Yours, Walter Holt. Um, sounds like it's within our line of business. Yeah. Mine guardians. Yeah, we'll have to look in the library about that. I'm unfamiliar. Yes, all sort these of... things keep being about devils and things underground. I wish they were about something I understood for once. Wish we'd gotten a letter from someplace south and warm. Yes, it's quite north. I, I, I agree with you, though, Oscar. A little research. What what type of creatures dwell, you know, in the earth? In the mines. Would be a good idea. Earth. In mines, yes. Oh. And moreover, what sort of mischief do they cause? Obviously, it sounds like they're killing people if they don't comply. Dig too deep. When they live, they've left warnings, apparently. Whatever it is, or they are. It sounds rather as though the problem is not the mind guardians, but the business owners. If you know you're digging someplace that has a guardian spirit, and you ignore its warnings and people die, it's on your shoulders. Well, people love to rationalize things away, Oscar. Yes, well, and I imagine generally mining companies aren't owned by people who don't value profit over the health of employees. It's dangerous business under the best of circumstances. Well, perhaps some to... peaceful mediation can be achieved here. No, no. That's a nice thought. Not to literally be the devil's advocate, as per our last encounter, it could also be that the people involved are in fact superstitious, and this is simply, uh, you know, disgruntled employees or something like that. I mean, we have to keep that in mind that it might be. It's not out of the question, I suppose. But. Uh, but yes, uh, this should be an exciting investigation. Dress warmly. <laughs> so I heard mention about research uh, to be done in the library. So who is hitting the books and what are you looking up? Kiersey and I, at least, uh, and uh, want to get uh, there. You know, there must be some... Um, Mountain, northern mountain maps, so we can begin to plan the journey up there and find out just what sort of a place this is. Mm -hmm. And also see what legends there are of mine guardians. Gotcha. 
Well, the first one, I'll give you the map for free because that's not exactly going to require too much taxing uh, research there. So this is the area that you're looking at. So Kikvok down at the bottom is pretty much the last outpost of civilization in this part of this part of the world. Um, in today's world, this is part of the Sarek National Park. So this is almost untouched wilderness. So Torin is probably thinking, oh, this is actually turning into quite a nice little uh, jaunt uh, for you now. Yeah, so Kikvok is pretty much the last place where there's any town in the whole region. Um, you'd follow a road which would take you along uh, the edge of the lakes, roughly on the north side of the various lakes, going east. That would get you to uh, Jokmok, which is the, uh, the seat for the municipality. And that is actually not a direct line from Uppsala, but very, very much on the main line heading north. Um, you'd only really have one stop overnight before you get there. So it'd be about two days by train to get to Jokmok and then a day by coach from uh, Jokmok to Kivjok. After that, it's a bit of a hike. It's three days to get to Alcavare up oh, in the top. Goodness. Yeah, it's a long, um, admittedly not too arduous trip uh, because it's a trip that's been done a lot of times. There's existing trails and place, places where you can camp along the way. But yeah, it's three days there, three days back on foot. That's why the letter took a week to get here. If it's a mine, don't they have a road going back and forth with transporting their goods? Well, that, that might be that might be something to have a look at researching the mine. You might get some might get some more bits from that. But if you want to research the mine guardian first, then that's logic and learning. I'll do that. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Oscar was already doing that. Oh, multiple people can try it because you might you might get different degrees of success. Uh, between my zero learning and my three logic. Two successes. Oh, my God. Ooh. I also got two successes. Apparently, <laughs> I'm very familiar with this place. Or a three is in a two. One six. Ah, so maybe Oscar's uh, preoccupied with the map, but yeah, yeah the, the others of you, yeah, you, you do find various bits of information about these. Apparently, it's uh, a fairly common uh, basin in terms of legends about them, um, about these. Generally, they all appear to be the same on the outside. So aesthetically, they all appear very alike. Uh, there's plenty of illustrations, and amongst them, you'd find this one. But these are pretty much humanoid figures, um, almost always female. In fact, well, you can't find any reference of ever there being a male one. That they all seem to be connected in a, within a bunch of different basins that are all considered guardian spirits. Um, other classic one is like the guardian of a lake, so a lake spirit, or guardian of a forest, for example. But she, unlike her of men obsessed or very amorous counterparts, the, the mine guardian or mountain guardian, also referred to as a Gruvra uh, or Gruvmarja, it's like a mountain mother, don't have as much interest in procreating or seducing men. Uh, they're very much about, they honour respect 
and that they it's almost considered that anything that comes out of the mine is a gift that she imparts to the miners but yeah otherwise she is very much a a figure that can warn miners of impending disaster uh she does have areas where she doesn't want uh, various uh, miners going. So she will appear and warn them to say, look, you're going to somewhere where I don't want you to go, stop. Or if you don't heed my warning, fear that uh, you suffer the consequences. Um, in those instances, she'll normally appear in a grey dress. But if she wears black, that's a sign of someone's going to die. That, that's impending death. And in terms of appeasing the spirits, say respectful nature, no whistling, no throwing stones, no swearing, nothing like that happens in the mine unless you really want to annoy her. But also one thing that will uh, definitely get you on her good side, for those of you that got two successes, would be buying her or providing her with a new dress. That always goes down fairly well. Mm. But yeah, otherwise, say very, relatively slender, uh, somewhat angular features, very pale skin, almost slightly maybe elf-like in a way, and that slightly alien nature. But otherwise, yeah, they say fairly. It's fairly standard in how they're depicted in the stories. Ooh, watcher. Mm. Uh, it seems as if this particular basin will be difficult to deal with. I think our main problem. It's going to be Lindquist and this Johnson. I, I agree. There's not a total opposition to the presence of the miners here. It's just some opposition. I, perhaps we should. Was it? I don't know. What I don't... has caused the problem? Are they mining in an area they're not supposed to be? What's What's offended the Guardian? Have they said they didn't say? I don't think so. Uh, the, there was mention to that on your way up to the mine, if you stop at the smelting plant, you can have a word with the miner that mm. got kicked out, essentially, oh. that he may have more details for you. But the guy said his time was short. He evidently didn't have time to write it down. Yeah, he'll be able to tell us what sort of warnings were coming. It's possible that the Guardian didn't even trigger that collapse, but was had her warnings ignored about something that was happening as a result of the miners themselves. It's very interesting. Well, uh, shall we get ready and um, uh, put everything together so that we can travel once again to the icy north? Torrent's going to be very helpful here on the outdoors front because that's very much it's your thing. Right. I thought the long train trip was a bother. This seems like a camping, Should we do arduous any... journey. Should we it's going to be research? a lot of fun. Should we do any research into this mine itself, or the mining corporation, or anything like that? Research into anything that's relevant. Yes, of course. Yeah, you certainly can. That'd be another logic and learning role if you want to give that a go. Oh, I got two sixes that time. Ooh. my luck ran out. I have none. Uh, you come up with the idea though, but it's uh, Victor that's the one that uh, finds the right uh, the right papers on this. Yes, yeah, this this goes back a fair while. A uh, little bit of reading for you to do on this one. The Alcavari silver mine. In the early to mid 17th century, Sweden sought new ways to generate funds to help pay for the country's involvement in the Thirty Years' War, in which it participated from 1630 to 1648. 
As part of the search, the state's attention turned to the north, where it was hoped new and valuable mineral deposits could be found. Surveyors approached the local Sami population and asked if they knew the locations of any such deposits in the region. On the whole, the Sami people closed ranks and remained silent on the issue, fearing that if they revealed such information, they would be conscripted into subsequent mining operations. However, a handful of individuals broke the silence and informed the surveyors where a few deposits could be found. Page Anderson was the man that revealed the location of a silver deposit on the slopes of Alcavare in Jokmok, Lapland. Anderson was a resident of the Torpan Sambi or Sami village. In this case, the term village does not have the same meaning as the Western village. Instead, it refers to an area of significant size. In this instance, Torpan covers an area of 13,180 square kilometers. Anderson was poor and his decision to assist the surveyors was financially driven, although he only received a silver mug for his efforts. Luleo Silverworks, which controlled a number of mines in the region, opened the Alcavari silver mine in 1672 and soon did as the Sami had feared. Local Sami were conscripted into working at the mine and transporting materials mainly south along the greater Lule and Kamchok rivers to be smelted near the Gomajoko Rapids and Kvikchok, approximately 30 miles south southeast from the mine as the crow flies. Kvikchok became one of the centers for silver ore processing in the region in 1661, when its first silver smelter was built. The smelting process was required to separate the pure silver from the lead ore that contained it, as was the case with all silver mined in the region. This mixture of lead and silver ore is called galena. Anderson earned the rage of the local Sami. He and his family were cursed, forever to be known as Grufasare, shower of mines, and confined to live in a small area of the mountains. The curse stated that the Grufasare family and all that would become related to them would die out after seven generations. The Alcavare silver mine is situated on the slopes of the Alcavare mountain, northeast of the Alcajavre lake, through which the greater Luli river flows, near the banks of the Kanai stream, which flows to the southwest into the Alcajavre lake. Coordinates for its location are 67 degrees, 20 minutes, 24.4 seconds north latitude, 17 degrees, 13 minutes, 20.1 seconds east longitude. The mine openings are a series of vertical holes dug into the mountainside. Initially, housing was built for up to seven resident miners, although up to 35 were known to have worked at the mine during the initial peak production. An additional building was constructed to facilitate the separation of silver ore from the rocks dug out of the mine and others in the area before being transported away for smelting. This was situated on the banks of the Kenai stream and provided much needed protection from the harsh weather and cold temperatures during the winter months. The average temperature is approximately 20 degrees Celsius or 68 degrees Fahrenheit in summer and negative 15 degrees Celsius or five degrees Fahrenheit in winter. Ultimately though, the mine like others in the area operated by Lulea Silverworks was unprofitable and closed in 1702. In 1788, a chapel was built a quarter of a mile to the northwest of the mine, 
to provide services for the Same when they herded reindeer through the area in the summer months. Such services were only held on June 25th each year due to its being a three-day hike each way for the minister to get to the chapel from Kvikchok. The chapel has been abandoned since the mid-19th century. In the years following its closure, the rights to the mine have passed through the hands of a number of entrepreneurs that all had hopes of making it a profitable enterprise. To date, all have failed to turn their hopes into reality. This has done little to diminish the number of people that stand in line, waiting for their chance to come. And that's the history of the mine. So, yeah, you've got a, a whole load of people that over the last pretty much 100 years plus have been trying to make this a profitable enterprise, thinking, yeah, there's a whole lot of silver down there. Someone's just got to go and get it. But silver mining is remarkably, um, uh, remarkably unprofitable. And given the amount of effort needed to drag it out of the ground and then three days down to a smelting plant, you can see why it doesn't work too well. Yes, and this is just it seems to be another person has gone in there and trying to resurrect the mine. Why it's so remote, yes, indeed. I think what we see here is a pattern of people that think the path does not apply to them. Stubborn, obdurate lot. Greedy. It's going to be difficult to dissuade from their course of action. I, I wonder what the quality of silver was that they were so... Uh... So eager to go back there. And then um, should we look into the mining company? Mm -hmm. Who are these? Yeah, people? I mean, after getting two successes, then definitely you'll be able to pull up some details about them, um, mainly because there isn't that much, so it becomes fairly fairly easy to pick, um, to pick them up. You have uh, Ragnvald Lindquist, who's mentioned in the letter, of the rather unimaginative Linquist Mining Company. Um, it's a relatively new operation. It's only been in uh, existence about a year and a half, two years at this point. Uh, Linquist looks like he's a person of what we term nowadays as independently wealthy, that he has a lot of money that he's put into the company, and that this is the first operation they've actually opened after doing a, various, a survey of the area to see if it's well, at least as far as they're concerned, profitable enough to consider investing money in. Uh, there's various bits of work in, or various articles in public newspapers that you would find about recruiting workforce. So it seems like he's not gone down the route of the previous, uh, the previous companies there and press-ganged the local Sami population to be uh, forced labour down there. Um, he's hired people from all over the country that have been out of work. So either people that have... Uh, operated ships or they've been sailors um, on the coast that have been relegated due to the increasing mechanization of various fleets uh, some proper miners themselves so the whole mixture of people that you can see that have um, started making their way up there i'm wondering so reckon... too that if they're from all over the place if it's not local superstition then that's frightening these people uh, unless it's unless the information is only coming from the locals, the Sami, that say that they're, you know, we'll have to see when we get up there. More information. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Would it, would it be worth trying to acquire a dress? 
I was thinking in the, ho- so. in, the, in the hopes that I don't know how easy it would be to acquire one, but it would be far easier to acquire one here than it will be on the middle Absolutely. of nowhere. Absolutely. Yes, something uh, that can be modified since we don't know the size of the recipient in either dimension. Um, so, you know, some, something simple. Adjustable. Yeah. Adjustable buttons and snaps and, you know, I don't know how these things work. A lot of, a lot of women's clothing at the time was adjustable, I think, just to, because it was expensive, took a long time to make. And then if you get pregnant or whatever, then you got to, has to be adjustable. Mm-hmm. So. I guess we shouldn't get her a black dress. I wonder. Gray, uh, right? That's if they, gray. Well, gray is a warning. Oh, I wonder if... black is black is the warning normally. Okay. Oh. Gray it is. Because you, maybe you could get her a blue dress. Well, I was these... thinking maybe it would improve her mood. Get her something in daffodil. I don't know. These seem like very somber creatures. Yes, I, and if you if you're in a mountain all the time, is daffodil really an appropriate hue? Now we the stories we're seeing that they are elf like, elfin, right? So that means tall and slim. Pe- pe- yeah, peculiarly tall and peculiarly slim. So what I think if, if we were to ask our um, our fairy queen her opinion of what would be appropriate for such. Do you want to go through the effort of rousing them from their home? I mean, do we have do we have Christmas custards and things left over? I mean, all these were recent. Yeah. We probably well, got Chef. Stuff Christmas, yes. Chef, <laughs> give them some give them some mule wine and some uh... Yeah, I mean, if you wanted to go and have a word with uh, Queen Mere Dreamer, you could certainly head out to the uh, the mound out back, uh, armed with appropriate either baked goods, milk, uh, some wine, and yeah, you can easily uh, easily call her out. So if you did if you did want to do that, that's certainly an option. She's going to be better informed than we are about these matters. At least, what would be appropriate? Mm-hmm. These colors may be offensive. Who knows? A creature that lives in a mountain in the rock might be gray. Might be the preferable color. All right then. Um, All right. I, it's okay, an so. idea. It's an idea. <laughs> well, we can't do it once we leave. Mm-hmm. That's and true. it's going to take a little time to rustle up the you know necessary goods for the journey. And you know, I mean, we need provisions for all that track hard tack dry tea leaves camping for three at least two nights i mean we have to get there and back victor don't forget the return trip that would be uh, most irresponsible yes well i think we'll we'll put the lists together torin and let the city <laughs> Entirely citified people, perhaps talk to the fairy queen. Hmm. Seems reasonable. If we've got some equipment gathering, then uh, we can do our resources rolls. So to work out how much money you have in the pot this month, take your number of resource dice, roll them, and we'll count up how many successes you get as a group. 
nothing. One, which one? for a resource of one is pretty good. Yeah, hey. so you're normally the uh, you're normally the one taking other people's money. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we have three then. Right, so I, t- I take it the father, the good father, <laughs> didn't have anything in the collection pot this month. Sure. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, you have three points to spread between you. So one will definitely get you a dress. Okay, that seems reasonable enough. Yeah, and one that can be altered or uh, adjusted. So, yeah, you've got that, that angle covered without any problems. Um, otherwise, if you're looking for camping equipment and provisions, uh, I'd cash them in at the rate of another one for each leg of the trip. So one provision will get uh, one resource will get you the provisions and equipment you need to get there. And then the other one will give you the provisions to get you back again. Because your, your transport's covered by default, so you don't need to worry about that. It's the, the last leg is the, the main thing here. I so think it does mean you'll be, you'll be fine on the outdoors. Not starving in the middle of the freezing cold wilderness sounds excellent. Like an excellent use of our funds. There you go. So I will go make a appeasement of the Fairy Queen ask her if the others are getting stuff ready for the trip. Mm-hmm. Unless they would like to join. I'll, I'll go with you. Okay. Just in case. Okay, so the, the two of you head out back, uh, pushing through the, the brambles and the, the hedge to get to, to get to the mound where there's those cookies seven crosses cakes. on top. Yeah. Sorry? Cookies, and, cookies and cakes and pastries, whatever we have. Yeah, good, good old wholesome food. And... After a little while, having put them down, probably a couple of minutes, nothing more, no more than that, the procession uh, carries the uh, the wingless queen out from her mound, of which she surveys the the goods offered to her and smiles and nods uh, with appreciation, and starts uh, delegating her guard to start bringing them into the into the hole into the mound. Says, "Oh, it's good good to see that uh, good neighbours remain good neighbours." How are you? It's been a been a little while since we, uh, since we've seen you. We are we are quite well. Um, uh, we hope you are enjoying the regular uh, things that we are bringing you. Uh, Indeed, would it be presumptuous of us presumptuous of us to ask you a question? We are about to go on a journey, and we believe that we are going to be dealing with a groove marker. Um, what kind of dress would most please her? Do you have any ideas? Ah, gray. Yes, I mean it's been a long, long time since we've had any had any dealings with the uh, the mothers of the mountains. That they are uh, they're very yeah uh, very uh, what's how the diplomatic way of putting this. Somewhat stern, but they can also be very. Uh, mm, they can irritate very easily. Uh, they're quite volatile. Um, I'd recommend if you're definitely willing to uh, try and appease her with a, a good, good, a good dress, uh, something that would not particularly show up the dirt of being living under the um, living under the mountain would be a good idea. So dark colours, but. Uh, 
I, I would steer away from black. That's uh, definitely not not a colour you want to uh, really want to see her wearing. Uh, all right, excellent. Um, uh, if you will excuse us, then enjoy uh, what we have brought you. Hmm. Yeah, certainly. Thank you very much. And just as you're turning away, she does say that there's one thing probably you might want to might want to consider if you're planning on heading down into the into the depths of the earth. Yes. The the mountain mothers are said to live in the eternal darkness of the under the mine under the mine or under the mountain in which they're found. That's not a metaphor. Be careful where you go. Thank you. Right, and which point? Yeah. <laughs> which point her entourage carry her back in? So grey or dark colours. Mm -hmm. uh, warm fabrics, I would assume, as well. You know, thick, keep you warm. It sounds like she would enjoy <sighs> something very severe, like um, mm. like a school teacher. Ma wear. Matronly, yes. Um. I'll well, go to the dress should, shops and see. We should go uh, to a dress shop and yeah. see what we can do. Make everything um, uh, adjustable. Adjustable. With ribbons. Mm -hmm. And uh, here's the resources for that. Oh, uh, do you want much. to go or shall I go with you? I don't know if you need I, me. I don't. If you, if you have other things you need to do, I can handle this. But if you want to come, you're welcome. I don't know anything about dress shops. <laughs> and, and a priest going in to buy a dress for somebody. This that might look a little odd. <laughs> they, they've seen stranger things in Uppsala these days. So, <laughs> cool. well, you can get hold of that as part of your equipment without any problems. So, especially if you're looking for something kind of school teacherish or stern in that respect, then yeah, you can you can definitely get it. And again in a nice suitably dark but not black colour that will hide all the uh, the stone dust that's evidently floating around down there in the, the bottom of the mine. Yeah, so that, that pretty much takes you through until mid-afternoon. And as you would start from Uppsala on the main train line heading north, uh, because you connect to the south to uh, Stockholm, trains leave about every half hour, so you've got easily plenty of choice to start your journey heading north. All depends on when you want to set off. How long is the trip up there? Oh, the first leg. The train trip. It's yeah. a day to Quick York. Uh, two no, days. Two days to Yorkmook, and then another day to Quick York. That's it. And then the three days outside. Mm -hmm. yeah. On the train journey on the way up, it's two 15-hour stretches. Uh, the first one will get you to Umea, which is on the west coast of Sweden. So it's a nice port town. And then the other 15-hour trip the next day would then get you to Jokmok. And then it's coach, as, as explained. So about 30 hours of hell and then three days of pure bliss. For you. <laughs> See, no reason to delay unless anyone no. needs to do anything else. Since everything is secured and ready and Everything is set up here. Yes, we're ready. 
the butler will be very happy to not have to lift a finger for a few days. <laughs> he'll he's done much you you suggest day. that he lifts his fingers otherwise? Occasionally lifts a finger. Swat away a fly. <laughs> Turn the page of his newspaper. Relight his pipe, yes. Um, Indeed. Yeah, I, I think... I mean, if we arrange th- so that we're sleeping while we're traveling, then we don't have to worry about accommodations. So, onward. Mm-hmm. Right. So we we, we tell him that it'll be early February when we come back. He doesn't have to do anything until then, but make sure the place is clean when we get home. <laughs> and don't yeah, burn he, it down. He cracks a smile. And certainly says, I'll, I'll certainly make sure to keep it clean. I think the uh, the, rain, the arrangement with the uh, neighbours means that there shouldn't be any fire uh, mm. to worry about here. True. And have right. this entire place mapped out by the time. <laughs> <laughs> He's going, well, that may be a stretch too far, but uh, you'll see what he can do regarding at least the lobby. Okay, this is red line on a map time and also signifies the advantage phase. So while you've got all that time to yourself on the train, the carriage, um, even the walk through the or the hike through the the untamed wild, uh, this is where you can have a look at any one single skill on your sheet and have a practice with that skill to earn a one time plus two dice advantage on any one single roll later in the scenario. So going around, uh, dear father, what skill would you like to have an advantage in? And how are you practicing doing this? Hmm. Let's see. I think I will I will increase my agility by doing calisthenics every morning on the train. <laughs> Getting some uh, from odd looks from folks that are still half asleep going, that man has far too much energy for someone of his, of his age. Good for the heart. <laughs> yeah. So now what um, do I do? I, I, do I uh, roll? Just, just mark to yourself or wherever you want that you have a one-time plus two bonus to a single agility, agility roll. Okay, plus two. And next round, Kersey, what skill would you like? Um, I'm going to take the advantage in medicine by, so Kersey's, uh, Sami as well. I'm assuming she has some literature or notes about like the, the herbs of the Lapland region, things that would be good for like poultices and, you know, just different mm-hmm. remedies. So studying that and kind of refamiliarizing herself with all of that. Yep. Sounds like a plan because there's certainly plenty of area around here that has got vegetation. It's not just all rock. There is plenty of uh, plenty of grassland here where stuff will grow, and plenty of forests. Right. And next round, our hunter, Torin. Uh, I'm going to take an advantage in stealth by hunting game on our trip there. Train. So birds <laughs> and the like, mm-hmm. so squirrel, like little little forest creatures and mm-hmm. and the like. Gotcha. So on the three-day hike stage, yep. you're you're doing that, okay? And Oscar, well, you know, I'm a pretty well-traveled, but mostly in 
the well-trodden paths of, you know, human cities and villages and whatnot. I don't know a great deal about the country, but I'm going to be observing carefully uh, on our on our journey north and trek so that I might increase my powers of observation. Okay. Uh, this is where the skills are slightly uh, oddly named. Uh, so just to check, do you want something along the lines of like a spot hidden role, which is vigilance uh, or observation, which is more like psychology in this game. It's more reading people than your surroundings. Uh, I was thinking of spot hidden, but also, but I, but I do think that it, I was thinking of something I was thinking of figuring out the people or creatures. So it is. So observation is the appropriate one. Gotcha. Yep. So that's definitely re reading the people. Right. So your journey goes pretty much as described. You've got that red line on a map that takes you up to the first point of call. You stay there overnight before you get the next long haul train to get you up to, uh, to the next point. And then that's the kind of the hell bit for Torren gone. It's you don't have to worry about sitting on these kind of hard benches and just watching the the area, the scenery roll by with lots of smoke billowing from the engine at the front, that you're finally out and about in the, the untamed wilderness, that even by just leaving uh, the train station at the last point, uh, part of call in Yokbok, you're passing through valleys with uh, not quite mountains, but very steep hills either side, uh, wonderfully picturesque waters for the various lakes and rivers on your, on your left, as you always keep to the north side of these, it's where the road goes. And it's, it's definitely a, it's, it's not exactly a, a not bumpy ride. It's a bit of a bone shaker getting there, but at least it's got some, some plus sides that there's no real people out and about and you hardly see anyone on the road coming the other way. And after a good eight hours of being shaken to bits in the carriage, you arrive at Kivjok, where... Once upon a time, this was a bustling metropolis where it was one of the centres of silver mining in the area, particularly with all its smelt, uh, smelting plants. It's now a good hundred years plus since that took place, and the, it's now a small, small town. But you're able to get a, a nice place at the inn. Uh, it's a little place called the Silver Peaks Inn, uh, run by a lovely lady by the name of Iris Lang, who puts you up overnight. Uh, gives you a good good warm meal before uh, setting you off on your way. Um, she says if you, if you did want to hire a guide that it's not too much of um, an issue getting up there. You just follow the path because it's so well-worn with the amount of people that have gone up there. Um, you'll find plenty of places where people have made campsites. There's like rings of stones up there for fire, uh, for fire pits and even probably some stakes still left out for helping you set, uh, set tents up. Uh, shouldn't Mostly be follows the river north, right? Indeed, yeah. It goes north, roughly northwest, and then starts weaving through the various valleys on the way up there. So it's it's very much follow your nose, you won't miss it. So yeah, very very little need for taking a guide a guide up there. But as long as you've got warm clothing and food, you're all set to go. And uh did the Lindquist Mine Company have its own smelting setup, or is that a sort of cooperative thing where different people bring their silver? God. There's somebody yeah. we need to speak to at the smeltery. Yeah, she she nods. We're probably this prob conversation probably happens over um, over the bar with a handful of locals hanging around. 
she says, yeah, I mean, a lot of the uh, the guys in the mine do come down here on a semi-regular basis. Uh, they have a, a small barge that they bring up and down the river. Um, takes a couple of days to get there, a couple of days to get back. Uh, they spend a day in between either lo- loading the boat here or loading it at the other end. And on the way, they stop off at the uh, the rapids uh, a couple of miles outside of town where they've uh, resurrected one of the smelting plants there. There used to be a whole load of them in that clearing up by the rapids, but now there's only the one. And it's, it's there. They're the only mining operation in the area at the moment. But yeah, they, they come down here semi-regularly, but you, you miss the boat uh, this morning. You've come in in the evening and the boat left here that morning. So it, it's just as quick to, it's, well, in fact, a lot quicker to walk up there. You'll probably meet the boat coming back in the other direction on the on your third day walking up there. But yeah, they they deposit mines. They come in town for uh, every say every trip down. They always come back with supplies. So yeah, we see them pretty regularly. But they're like I said, they're the only mine in town. And wasn't there didn't the letter say that the fellow who dropped the letter off should be around here somewhere? Yeah, he's being re- relocated to the smelting plant. Yeah, so we should pay the visit there before we head all the way up. I I were I do. Anybody remember his name? The fellow who got bumped out? I, I have the letter right don't. here. <laughs> of course you do. I, think, I feel like it was Helm something, but I'm probably wrong. Uh, Melka Rundström. Melka Rundström. Yeah, the, uh, uh, yeah. The, fellow who named, the, the fellow who wrote the letter was Volta Holt. That's probably where we're getting the H from. Um, I would like to ask the proprietress if she'd... Uh, you know, has noticed a new fellow at the smelting plant, Melker. Um, yeah, she has. She has a little thing. You can see her, her eyes moving, almost hear the cogs ticking. Yeah, there was there was a new guy called Melker. He's been in a couple of a uh, couple of times down to the uh, to the town to uh, have his like day off or get a break and have uh, have some beer. Seems a uh, seems a troubled troubled fella. Like he's got a uh, quite quite a large weight on his shoulders. Seems a bit morose. I tried asking about it uh, one time, but he said he wasn't really allowed to talk about it. But he, he hinted that it sounded like some people got hurt or something, and he feels a bit guilty that he could have stopped it. That's the kind of thing I'm reading into it. But he seemed like a reasonable fellow to you, not some crank or oddball. Oh no, he just seemed like like I said, he's got a hell of a lot of weight he's carrying and guilt he's carrying around. But oh. seems polite enough. Uh, yeah, I couldn't really say anything bad about him, really. Excellent. I'm glad he has your esteem, because we are counting on him for information. So, And you see a lot of people probably have a, a good eye for folks. Oh, yes. Yeah. We're, we're a good bunch around here. We're quite a nice little tight-knit community. So, yeah, we try to, we try to be pretty welcoming to visitors, because right, we, we don't get many of them. So we don't want to put anyone else off if word gets out. <laughs> All right. Well, we're full of good worm food. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's off to off to the smeltery. That's a business I haven't explored before. Mm. Maybe there are little bits of silver on the floor. <laughs> you would be thinking that, Oscar. I have a practical nature at times. Although... Okay, so at the beginning of your three-day trip going north, uh, this is very much the morning trip. Um, you can get there by mid-morning. So it's only a couple of miles heading up the river. 
And did you hear the sounds of the rapids approaching? But on the way up there, it is beautiful countryside. And it's lush grassland. There's plenty of uh, forested, uh, wooded areas that cover this whole region um, in the valleys. You can see the mountains starting to rise up above you to the north, where it gets more stone covered and then, say, snow peaked at the top. It is bitterly cold, though, kind of offsetting the uh, offsetting the natural beauty of the area. But yeah, you hear the you hear the rapids, and you can see there is a clearing on either side of the river where there's blatant signs that there was a lot more activity here years ago. You can see like the outlines of buildings that are now just the basement level and the foundations that the rest of the buildings have gone. But then at the end of this, so the, the northern end of the clearing, you can see a couple of large, almost warehouse-like structures because uh, they need a lot of airflow through here. There's a water wheel as well uh, for help keeping the furnaces going. Uh, there's also... A couple of other areas where stuff's been stored. There's uh, obviously tents for the workers, a couple of temporary buildings, what looks like a mess tent as well. So it's kind of a mixture of temporary and permanent structure here. And you can hear the, the furnaces going as well as you get closer, even feel the heat if you get close enough to the uh, the warehouse because there's multiple furn uh, furnaces burning in there. And uh, while there might be some little flecks of silver on the floor, they're probably still molten. Uh, as they're being transferred between areas. So Oscar, I think, has a good degree of self-preservation. He doesn't want to burn a hole through his hand trying to pick up one of these things. <laughs> um, so what do you want to do? Well, we have to you find this a... Melkor fellow. Yeah, you, you can see various people out and about. There looks to be maybe a dozen, 15 people at most around here, you think. And there's, there's a couple that have kind of caught sight of you and a kind of wave... And one one fellow starts walking over that looks like he might be a foreman, so someone that's got the nominal in charge around here. And, we yeah, don't great. look very much like miners, I think. Mm. Well, between yeah. us are dogs and his collar, etc. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the foreman wanders over. So yeah, uh, hello there. You are folks traveling through here. Indeed, we're on our way up to the mine. Oh, um, what's, what takes you up there? That's a long trip. Uh, well, I, I suppose you've heard about the recent accident. Yeah, he kind of he nods. Yes, uh, it's uh, been on uh, been on a lot of people's minds recent recently. Well, we're going to. Well, we're going to try to make peace with the mine guardian. Um, he looks a little bit taken aback. Oh, you you believe in that stuff? As it happens, we've uh, we've had some experiences that make us more credible than we used to be. Uh, we've we've seen some things that people don't usually. You sound like uh, you sound like Melka. He's usually. Uh saying about spirits and the, and the like. But I think he's probably the only person around here that does believe in any of that stuff. I think all, all the rest of us were a bit, uh, bit more modern thinking, you know, a bit more forward. See, this isn't an industrial age after all. Precisely. Uh, what do you do think? You, could... mm. What do you think if, 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 if it, if you don't believe in these spirits causing the in that caused the incident, what do you think 
happened? Well, from from what I heard, it was a it was a sudden collapse. I mean that can that can happen for multiple reasons. Hell, there might have it might have been an earth tremor, uh, might have been just instability waiting to happen. That maybe they hadn't uh, hadn't shored up the drift uh, enough. Uh, maybe they try, was trying to build, uh, trying to dig a winds down from above, and that collapsed. There's there's a whole load of reasons why uh, why drifts can f- collapse like they did, but ultimately just bad luck or poor engineering. But uh, I hear this uh, when I haven't met her myself. This Johnson uh, lady apparently has her head screwed on pretty well, so I'm thinking it's not that. Well, you could say at least that we do believe in good and bad luck. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think you could spare Melker for a minute so uh, we could, because he was present to witness it? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I remember obviously the circumstance for him getting sent down here. He definitely had some kind of involvement in it. Um, I think he's on potato duty at the minute, so you'd probably appreciate the break in the mess tent. Oh, very good. Uh, where then? Yeah, just, just over there. Thank you very much. Stay warm. <laughs> around around here, you can hardly get cold. <laughs> and he wa- he wanders back in the direction of the furnace, and yeah, you can see the the mess tent as mentioned. That if you wander over in that direction, it's got a nice open front, and it's kind of partitioned in two, where you've got rows of benches and tables for the for the workers to sit down and eat, and you've got the kind of the cooking area at the back, where uh, there is a. A gentleman in his, you think maybe mid thirties, that's um, over on the other side of the benches that sat down peeling this seemingly uh, never-ending mountain of potato that he's putting into a stew pot. He uh, he looks up as you come in and kind of nods. Oh, hello, more uh, more folks joining us for the work here. No, uh, we uh, we got a letter. Oh, you're you must be from the the society, was it? That's right. Yeah, Volta said that um, the, this whatever this society was, they could hopefully send folks to uh, to help out up here. So I'm I'm, I'm glad you came. I mean, uh, I d- I didn't see what what Volta put in the letter. Just that he said that people might be coming to help with the the situation at the mine. So uh, I. Yes, uh, we 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 study these things and have had some little bit of luck intervening in them. Uh, so uh, if we could start, you know, if you could tell us what you know about what happened and what made you think the Guardian was cross and all that. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's not much of a story to tell, but it's uh, I'll tell what I can. Uh, this all started oh, probably a. Uh, few weeks back now that uh, we recently opened the 600 foot level uh, when we when we moved in to start doing work originally on the mine that the, the 600 foot was basically a series of uh, a series of faces that had been dug at the bottom of the uh, the incline shaft but they were no more than like six foot in so there wasn't even really like any any proper drifts that had been carved out yet so uh, we we started progressing in a few different directions i think there's last count when i was down there there were five drifts that we'd been uh, that we come off the incline shaft 
Uh, we split up into teams where we were taking each uh, each face and progressing it further and further back. And I was working with a couple of a uh, couple of the guys down there, and I was just coming up to the end of my shift. I put down my tools. I was heading back um, heading back to the shaft so that I could basically head back out. Um, I turned a corner and stood there right in the middle of the in the path between the tracks was was the mine guardian. I mean, it couldn't have been anyone else. We certainly don't have any other uh, female miners down there. Uh, well, there's, there's female members of staff up on the surface, but they don't go down into the mine. They're not part of the, of the heavy duty work down there. Um, she was holding a lantern. She was dressed in the, in this gray dress. It's, I mean, I'm, I'm a fairly superstitious guy. I've, I've listened to the old stories and the old superstitions. And when you've worked in mining, as long as I have, you, you don't ignore that kind of stuff. And I've always been quite respectful to the mine. I've always tidied up everything. I've always moved uh, pebbles and rocks to the side. Uh, always offered little um, little offerings, like little pieces of uh, pieces of my uh, rations and the like, and uh, meals to appease her. And yeah, she appeared to me and said, "Your one of your teams down here has got to stop what they're doing. That you're, they're rapidly encroaching on an area where, where they shouldn't be going." And uh, okay, I've I've got to report this. I sent this up to um, up to my immediate boss, uh, the the foreman uh, Volta, and he agreed with me. He's not quite so um, believing of the old ways, but he said he would take it to uh, the boss, uh, Mister Linquist. And the last I heard from Volta was that saying, "Yeah, he's taken this on board. Um, he thinks he knows which of the drifts it refers to, the one that's heading northeast, so higher towards, uh, deeper towards the uh, the area under the peak of the mountain. Said so we'll just go off in a different direction, and hopefully that will appease the uh, appease the spirit, and everything will be fine. Oh, that's that's what we thought he did. I mean, they they put a guard on that particular drift. Uh, ever since so whenever we went down the the incline shaft and then split off to go in our different uh, towards our different work areas uh, one of the boatmen that normally brings the barge up and down the river he'd been positioned there as a guard so that no one was able to go down that that one particular that one particular drift apart from the guys that were specifically tasked with that area there was five of them and they'd always work after the normal shift had finished uh, they wouldn't talk to us. They said that they they'd been sworn to uh, sworn to secrecy about what they were doing down there. That they'd been paid to uh, to keep quiet by uh, by Mister Linquist. And then uh, it was the uh, there was the twelfth the uh, the day that I got sent down here that she appeared to me again dressed in uh, fully in black and said, "Leave now." So I, I managed to round up as many people as I could on, on the bottom of the mine and get them to the incline shaft. And that was when, that was when the collapse happened. Um, the poor guard just got out of there uh, without the rock falling on his head. But the whole drift collapsed right the way back to the incline shaft. And I said, well, obviously that the boss hasn't been forthright because the guardian wouldn't have wouldn't have brought down the roof on people if they were doing what they were being told and that they'd moved away. So I confronted him and said, look, you, you blatantly disregarded a warning and now five people have ended up dead. What, what the hell are you doing down there? And my, um, 
my temper may have gotten a bit away from me, and that's why I'm now relegated down here where I can't damage morale and I can't uh, start spreading stories about spirits and superstitions and more bad things happening down there if he keeps on doing whatever it is that he's doing. And that's how I'm here. To, um, I mean, there was a great deal of secrecy. Uh, how many days was it between when they agreed to change the direction of the dig and when that collapse came? It must have been about a week, 10 days. It was, it was uh, enough time that I thought that obviously there was no danger going to be present until she finally turned up again and that then five people ended up dead. Um, how do... Uh, is there any way that people sort of present what they come up with after a shift? Is everyone weigh the ore they take out or something? Oh, um, normally the the ore, uh, particularly Galena. I mean, there's 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 a few other gems and minerals that we that we extract out of there, but nothing anywhere near as much as uh, much as much as in demand as the Galena. Um, it's all put in. Uh, oh, what do they call them? Uh, but trolleys that are then moved along rails and brought to the bottom of the incline shaft, which is then dispensed into buckets, which are dragged up to the mine head. And of course it goes over the scoop and yeah, it's just a constant, it's just a constant flow. There's not really anything that they can, they can take out of there by hand because it would just be too, too heavy. Galena's pretty, pretty darn heavy. Because of the lead content. I mean, it seems as though Lindqvist must have thought there was something particularly valuable and that's why the he, you know he coughed up extra money. Perhaps well, there's there's, there's not all that much really down there apart from say you've got you've got your standard Galena, you got pyrotype, talc, uh, chalcoprite, chuck, uh, uh, Nothing that's again nothing that's really valuable on its own. Uh, the Galena's valuable, obviously after it's after the silver's being extracted from it, but any points towards the furnaces, you've got to go through all that to get any of it out. Right. It's only valuable after it's been processed. Mm, and that process is, so it takes multiple steps. You've got to add other, um, other metals in there to separate the two out. And even after dropping 50 pounds of Galena into, into the furnace, you're probably only going to get a, a nugget big enough to make a ring out of it. Uh, so, so walking out with a rock of Galena wouldn't get you anything. Oh, yeah. A fingernail of silver if you went through the effort to to get it out. It's no, it's, it's not that type of that not that type of operation. Uh, but you're a miner, so you know well are there other things that that are sometimes found in that sort of level of rock? Uh, um, diamonds, for instance. So... <laughs> uh, I'd be surprised. Uh, the only real thing that that could potentially crop up is quartz, maybe that sometimes, or uh, calcite. That normally uh, you find deposits of that near Galena, but none of that had come up in any of the previous wow. levels. And we, we've got levels on the mine that uh, they were down at fifty foot, uh, where the attic comes out from uh, basically our entrance. Uh, that's down slightly down the slope, back down to the work uh, the workmen's uh, residence. Uh, then you've got 100 foot, 200 foot, 400 foot, and the 600 foot level that we'd recently started uh, developing. What 
What can you tell us of the groove maka? At least what you believe about them? Do they? they I, I'm 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 just speculating. Do they have treasure? Would he have found the treasure of the groove maka? Well, there's there's plenty of. I can think of plenty of stories that my my father, because he was a miner before me, uh, stories that he would say um, that anything that came out of the mine was a gift from the uh, from the mountain mother, the mountain the mine the mine guardian. And wow. um, that yeah, there's plenty of examples of uh, miners being told you don't go here because I've these are deposits I don't want you to have these could the valuable these are my treasures or there's also stories about finding her bedroom underground as well uh yeah there's just various areas that they keep us saying that no this is mine and you can have the rest but hands off this is this is for me I not see. for man I see. Oh. we understand that there are a lot of uh unprofessional miners that have been brought in mm. and i suppose those none of those folk believe in any of this or have even heard tale Oh, they've heard they've got their own superstitions. A lot of them are fishermen that came off the uh, came off the east coast. Uh, they talk they talk occasionally about sea monsters and mermaids. You know the kind of things that uh, fishing folk do. But no, they they were trained up pretty well. I mean that's that's one thing I'll give to uh, to Mister Linquist. He knows his he knows his job and he knows how to how to take care of people and make sure they don't end up hurting themselves down there. Apart from obviously this whole debacle. Uh, that's interesting because I understand that his business hasn't been in mining very long, and he's just a, a wealthy fellow. But he hey. he's learned the, he's learned the ropes. Well, he's a trained geologist. Uh, he oh. came out of university, and I think the uh, the word that a few people have uh, been spreading around, like a rumor and gossip, you know how folks folks go, um, is that he's got his parents are industrialists. Apparently, they made a lot of money on the railroad. Uh, and that funded him seed money to start up his own company, and this is his first real exploit in business. But I say he knows what he's doing. He's very hands-on because he is a he is a trained geologist. Mm, but he has everything to lose as well. That too, making sure that uh, he wants his business to work so mummy and daddy can potentially invest a little bit more in him later if he goes calling to them. Uh, and Walter the foreman is a reasonable man. Obviously, yeah, no, he's a, he's a good guy. He's a, a lifelong career miner. Uh, I've worked with him on a couple of projects before as a as a freelance. I've just hired for projects and then and then head off. But yeah, he's no, he's a good guy. He's got his head screwed on, and he uh, he believes he might not be as uh, as passionate, maybe because he hasn't seen stuff like I have. But he's willing to entertain it, and he was genuinely. He genuinely believed me when I said, look, there's the mountain's not happy. Mm. Well, we are heading up there, so we have to take a look. Mm. Yeah, I just hope that uh, I hope you can put put whatever's gone up there, put it right, because something's something's happened under there, and they say that spirit was not happy. We'll do what we can. Um, uh, hopefully you'll be reinstated to work that's more appropriate to you uh, when this all blows over. 
Yeah, I mean, th- thankfully, I only do the uh, the potato duty once once a week. We uh, we take it in turns, so it's not. I do this all the time, and they do give me some more interesting work to do at the uh, at the smelt the smelting furnace itself. But yeah, I'd be uh, I'd be a lot happier doing what what I want to do. Also, the pays a hell of a lot better too. Yeah, you're more than welcome to stay for lunch. Uh, we'll be having uh, we having stew in a little while. So uh, mostly potato, but there is some meat in there as well. I'm not a fantastic cook, but hey, it's it's edible. Uh, I mean, it's three days walk. I wonder if we should keep moving. Well, what time yeah. of day is it? Yeah, it's kind late morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yes, yes, I think we should get on. Fair enough. Well, hope you have a safe trip. Uh, keep an eye out for the bears. There's not, uh, thankfully, not many of them out this out this part anyway. But yeah, should be asleep at this time of year. Hibernating. Yes. Yeah. Occasionally, you hear about one one coming uh, coming out and roaming around. But yeah, you should be all right. Well, uh, between uh, my rifle and Gustav here, I think we'll take care of any bears that. Decide to trouble us. I've heard that bear meat is quite delicious. I would not it's know. Greasy, <laughs> but it's quite delicious. Yeah, G- Gustav has a nice little uh, proud standing on his back feet and go. Yep. It's very much, uh, very much in agreement that he's uh, he's a brave dog. <laughs> well, with bears, devils not so much. Well, yeah, there's little little difference in scale there. <laughs> difference between devils and bears so if we leave at that point and we're we're talking so does it seem then like they are encroaching upon the groove uh personal areas they're warned to stay away and i don't know i don't know how much it matters if it's disrespect is disrespect yeah but... I wonder if there isn't something in particular that Lindquist and Jonsen um, have figured out. Maybe yeah, there's a richer pain. vein of silver. Pain, yeah, the miners to secrecy. That's yeah, the strange the secrecy part. Is, secrecy is strange. And the, the, the fairy queen gave us warning that... What, what was it she said, Victor? That where... Dark places. Where she actually lives, the Groove Mater, is a place of eternal darkness. Mm. That's right. She cautioned us. So even encroaching on it with a light bearing shaft to the outside world would be pretty unwelcome, I suspect. Yes, indeed. Do we know if they've resumed work in that shaft or if it's completely caved in? No, Melker wouldn't know because he got sent down. Right. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know if we'd seen in the letter or anything okay i mean if it was if it was valuable enough to them to swear people to secrecy i'm sure it's valuable enough to them to risk more people trying to get there although they have to pay them more than they paid the previous ones to take their fellows out but what if it is that their lack of experience that caused the cave in i mean milker thinks they're being trained well though if he received the warning if this. if we believe that this the this mountain mother exists and he received the warning, it sounds. If we believe, Melchior, we don't know what stake. We don't, it doesn't seem like he has any stake whatsoever in any of 
this. So that makes him a little bit more reliable as a as somebody. But uh, if they're resuming work on that same shaft, then they're going to have some problems if there is a, a guardian spirit. This is true. Perhaps we could in, in resolve this in some way that we convince them it is an unstable shaft. You know, it, not everyone is going to believe in the spirits and they're going to just write that off as superstitious nonsense. But if we can convince them that the shaft is structurally unsound and would just only cause more deaths should they continue to do so, perhaps that that would convince them to shut it down. Yeah, except that you'd be trying to convince a geologist That's, who's an expert. You're true. Something. That's true. Um, yeah, they have the company is owned by a geologist and he's hired a, a competent woman to engineer. Well, I'd be interested to hear what she thinks caused this then. If yes. you know, well, we have three days. Opinion to figure out is how a group of four utter strangers uh, can even get an audience with Mr. Lindquist and Ms. Jonsson. And telling uh, them that we're here to investigate the spirits is just going to make them upset. Yeah, as much as I'm going to enjoy these three days in healthy mountain air, I don't want to spend three days going up and then immediately be kicked out and spend the next three days coming back. We need to find Mr. Holt. Walter Holt. Yeah. He is a believer. Perhaps one of us could pose as someone looking for work. Not me. I don't know. There's There's a church up here somewhere, isn't there? It's a little chapel. It's been closed for quite some time. Checking in on the church. It's been closed for quite some time, hasn't it? It's abandoned. Yeah, I can just be... It's still probably church property. So... So, I mean, a father moving in with the church who wants to perhaps provide some religious services to the people, that could possibly get an audience with this Lindquist fellow. Perhaps, yes. Um, I think we should ask Mr. Kurt, Mr. Holt, Walter Holt, what he thinks. He can. I agree. Right. So as you're bouncing around ideas and talking and walking, heading up the uh, heading up the valley, that wooded area starts to get a bit closer. You're leaving grass, the trail going through grasslands, and you're heading into more wooded territory, some more forested areas. But still, it hugs the river and doesn't quite descend as far or ascend far up the mountainside as it maybe did further south. Uh, You're getting more uh, spare stone mountains. It becomes a lot more rugged territory. Again, all great for Torren. Uh, This this is a lovely area here. Uh, Plenty of game as well, so plenty for you to uh, practice your shooting with. Uh, there's plenty of deer. Uh, there's plenty of other normal animals. No bears, at least not that you're seeing anyway. And as you get closer to evening time, uh, you do come across a few clearings in kind of rapid succession where it looks like areas that have been used as campsites before. 
Um, as mentioned with stone rings, they've already got a fire pit set up, so it becomes very easy to, to set up camp for the evening. Most of the work's done for you. So as long as the fire's lit through the night, uh, providing a bit of heat, providing some light to uh, keep animals away, uh, gives you plenty of time for cooking. And it's, yeah, it's a nice, admittedly cold, but still fairly pleasant evening. Uh, the second day is much of the same, that it's working away further and further north, uh, the wind picking up a little bit, becoming a little bit more dense forest. And by the end of the day, you're coming to another clearing. But this feels, when you march into this clearing, something's not quite right. And as you as you look around and take in the sights, you've still got the, the circle of stones for the fire pit. You've got some old stakes that are still lying in the ground. It's then you realise that there's lots of old, and these look like old carvings in the trees, lots of X's carved on every tree around the whole clearing and going out for about maybe half a mile further to the north. I don't know if this is a place you want to camp. Have I ever seen anything like this before? Maybe casting your mind back to uh, some of the research that you did at the uh, the castle. One of the things about mine guardians um, or even mountain mothers is that if prospectors go out into the forests around the mountain and they find a deposit that the mount that the guardian doesn't want them to have, normally what they would do is they'd mark the tree with uh, some kind of symbol to say right that this is where the deposit is. Um, sometimes they tie ribbon around it, sometimes they carve in it. But when they've gone back, there are plenty of stories about the whole area being covered in these marks, duplicated, even all ribbons duplicated on every tree so that the prospect can't work out where the deposit is again. It looks like someone someone found something around here and the mountain, uh, the mountain mother didn't want them to have it. Oh, interesting. So maybe they're trying to get at it from underground. You're still a day away from the mountain. Oh, it's still a day away from the mine, rather. So if it is, this well, it might just be other deposits on the in the mountain region. How how fresh are these marks in these trees? Oh, they're old. They're, they've been they're here for old, years. Old. Okay, that's okay. That clears that up. Well, in that case, I think we're okay to camp here. It's just a little off-putting oh. at first. <laughs> yeah, I don't... Didn't Melkor say that the, the new digs at 600 were only some 50 feet deep? Oh, there's... Uh, there's various levels going down. Uh, you've got the incline shaft, which goes down, as it suggests, at an angle. And then horizontally going off that are the drifts, which are at 50 feet, which then connect again to the outside slope of the mountain, uh, what's known as an adit, which is basically a way in that they can walk horizontally rather than having to go down the, the shaft from above. Then levels at 100, 200, 400 and 600. Uh, 600 uh, at that point had just been basically the bottom of the incline shaft and a basic attempt at trying to follow some veins off it at that point. But they were the ones that really expanded upon it when they moved in. And the and the, the north east drift, the one that collapsed, was some 50 feet deep? Well, that, uh, on the 600-foot level, they'd gone quite a long way deep into the mountain, uh, roughly okay. heading towards the area that's under the peak. So kind of like... The even deeper part, if you take it from the surface above. Right. So these these the the drifts they're digging in are substantial tunnels, not yeah. not not shallow at all. Okay. 
but not not a day's journey of course either oh yeah definitely not no they, yeah. they wouldn't stretch yeah. that far even in modern minds they don't they don't go that far well we should get a fire started but i have to say with these this preponderance of markings i was curious how we would request an audience with the guardian and maybe we could meet her here if she's been watching this area. Well, we could put out, you know, whatever we're eating, we could put out little bits of uh, offerings. It's going to be up to her to approach us if she does at all. But I realized a moment ago that Melchior must also be kind of like us. It may be that nobody else can see the basin. I mean, we seem to be the ones that can see the basin, but not everyone can. You have to have the sight. Mm -hmm. You have to have the sight. Melchior may have the sight and not even know it. If he can see her, he must. Mm -hmm. I think he said he sees her. So yeah, basin can appear, make themselves appear to people if Uh, they want. Okay, I see. But your your debate is still quite relevant because it may not have been that she revealed herself. So. At least yeah, I mean, we quite recently had a, uh, had a whole town full of people seeing a basin quite recently. It, it, it sounded like his this the stories of this are passed down in his family anyway. So, you know, he had that knowledge already to leave offerings and things like that. So anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, we can leave the dress visible. Um, That's true. Hang it, hang it up nicely, displayed. And if she comes and wants it, then we'll negotiate with her. Oscar, <laughs> you need to finish chewing your hard tack. I can hear what you're saying. Yeah, we could find an attractive tree to hang it from. Make it, make sure it looks you know, welcoming. Uh, and maybe you know, take a short stroll into the forest as well just so that she has a reason to notice that we're here. Although being away from the fire for more than a few minutes is right. undesirable. And I mean, and she, when we want her to come to us, if we put the dress away from us, then she could come pick it up and we miss out on our conversation. Yeah, well, I was least... thinking we'd put the dress here in the clearing. And then oh, we'd... but we, we walk around just just for the sake of walking around just for the sake of yeah indicate you know sort of knocking on the door of whatever it is that she noticed here before okay so yeah you you can definitely find a good tree to with a nice strong bough that you can hang the dress from that's still in sight from yourselves uh, still in light of the range of the firelight and then wait for her to come but so off putting a few bits of food out as well I'm taking it so in a similar kind of area as well the sun goes down uh, pretty much in the uh, still very what would be class for us uh, mid-afternoon because it's still you're a long way north and after probably about an hour or so you see this somewhat ethereal light starting to shine from between the trees as this light source gets closer, you can see that it's being a torch that's emitting this almost, yes, you know, like ethereal or even ghostly light. There's something 
again, not really quite wholesome about this thing, that something it radiates just this feeling of death. But holding this torch coming into the coming into the edge of the clearing is this very say feminine, uh, almost elf-like, tall, thin figure wearing a grey dress. Uh, around her midsection is a belt where there are various keys that are hanging off it. And yeah, this very pale face and dark, deep eyes that she surveys you as a group, looks to the dress, and then looks back at yourselves. Hello. <laughs> Uh, Groove Maya, yes, that we did bring uh, the dress for you. We we hear that you've been offended. Ah, it's reassuring to know that people still have good manners and respect their their guardians. Hmm. Yeah, some of us remember the old ways. Hmm. Unfortunately, fewer and fewer. So it seems. She, re she reaches up and she takes the uh, takes the dress down and it kind of obscures her face as she's looking over it. But as she pulls it down and then uh, gently folds it over one arm, you can see there's definitely a look of appreciation there and very much this this is good. I, I like this. Good work, Kersey. <laughs> we have come because we have heard what took place at the mine. And... It's our mission to convince them to not disobey you, to follow what you wish, to respect the mountain, um, and find out why, what, what is driving them, what are they after. But, uh... The short answer is that they found the, they found the wall and eventually the entrance to my bedroom. Uh, my quarters, my private residence. And they would not stop. I told them to stop. I told them to go the, go another way. They didn't listen. And unfortunately, for their own safety, I had to bring the roof down on their unworthy heads. Have they... Resumed. Have they resumed their attempts? She nods sad, uh, or very, you can almost get the impression of sadness coming off her. That she, and she shakes her head as she nods. That uh, they, they, continue to, they continue to dig. The, the drift that I brought down, they're clear, they've been clearing the rubble. And even worse, they've been retrieving the, the people that were once down there. Certainly they don't understand the danger or they wouldn't be so foolish. Do you have a sense of what it is they want? I think that the, the nature of my room in its, own, in its own right is wondrous to them. Uh, very much one of, the, one of the men was very interested when they found the wall what are the walls of your bedroom formed of? He called it quartz. Hmm. Oh, well, we have our work cut out for us. Um, 
how long at the rate they're going do you think it will be until you need to bring the roof down again? My fear is I doubt it will be enough this time. I've tried to discourage them with minor instances of bad luck, tools breaking, uh, minor injuries and accidents for those that are down there to try and discourage people in general from from, from doing any work there. But they still progress towards the door in, into my room. And if they open it again, then I doubt I can stop them. It would take more than just bringing the roof down. Do you know if there is an area of the mountain that is not encroaching on your domain that also contains this quartz material that maybe we could direct them, redirect them? No, she, she no. shakes her head. The, the only quartz deposits in the mountain are those that form my, my sanctuary. I, uh, we will do what we can to stop them. I'm not sure that we'll be able to, but we will try. And I, I, I'm saying to this to the others, could we sow the seeds of fear amongst the miners so that they refuse to work? I feel like that's a short-term solution, though. I mean, eventually, if these men don't work, they all get fired, they bring in new men, the problem starts again. But if the mine itself becomes highly, I mean, if it's suggested even in the newspapers that it's cursed, that people die there, it's the unstable, and it drive them out. If they were to find and open the door to your chamber, what would happen? then that which is inside would flow into them as it has done already. The eternal and darkness. She nods. Once that is out, I can't contain it. Do the bodies of the men who died need to stay where they are? Is it a danger to retrieve them from the mountain? Some have already been retrieved. Mm. And so they have the eternal darkness inside them. The eternal darkness has gotten out. So we have that to deal with as well. Perhaps we should have eaten less on our journey and saved, spent some money on dynamite. That was actually, Oscar, I was going to ask, would it displease you if we were to cause a cave-in that would destroy all of this mining operation or prevent them from mining by, you know, kind of collapsing in? Would, would that be okay with you? Yeah, she she nods. They've they've already been blasting their way through through my mountain to uh, to blast to reverse their progress. I would not have any problem with. What can we expect from these people with darkness inside of them? Are they able to continue, or do they infect others? Or she shakes her head. Uh, as this is the first time that any of any of your kind have touched it, I honestly do not know. Maybe they they don't even realize what it is. We have to bury them all there. A bit, but we are here for you. That is why we. We want to 
make things better. Oh, you have you have definitely you have definitely made a friend and she just strokes the dress. And if there is anything I can do to assist you in assisting me, then all you need to do is call once you're in the mine and I will appear to you. We're grateful for your audience. Um, she looks between you kind of expectantly as if to say any, any further questions. I think we need I will... to think on this. Devise a strategy. In which case, she uh, she nods, says, "In which case, and pl- places a hand on the dress, I will take my leave and go to try on my new attire." And she bows and raises the lantern, and almost pivoting on the spot, starts to glide out of the clearing and work her way back through the trees into the distance until the light is gone. If we destroy the reputation of the mining company, if we say that they're using unsafe practices, that already five have been killed, that they're... If we cause them that kind of problem... Uh, The business and political angle, Victor, I fear, will take far too long. By the time the reputation is thoroughly damaged, they'll have already... I'm, I'm not saying to do only that. I'm saying to do that as to keep it from continuing. A long-term the solution. Yes. Quartz. Why would Lindquist be crazy for quartz? I mean, maybe it looks like it's been it's made valuable? by I've some... Sometimes gold can be deposited in quartz, but... I think it's more that he's after the darkness. What if he himself is already part of the darkness? Do you think that he's so read into the secrets of the world that that's really his motive? Or is he more motivated by anything that's potentially value? I I thought that's what she said, that he was enamored of the mystery of the darkness. Well, I mean, but uh, what uh, what Melka was saying was that the only thing he could think of that was valuable down there, aside from the silver, was quartz. Quartz. If if this is an operation that struggles to break even because of the expense of it all, then quartz. I, I could see that being a um something they would consider an asset, something is extra. It, is it just, yeah, I didn't. I wasn't aware that quartz was valuable at all. I'm I'm not sure, but not really. Maybe- Maybe this quartz is, it's, maybe it's not the material, but the shape of it. I was going to give you a logic and learning role, but you hit on it. Uh, I use very specific words like wall and bedroom. If this looks like it's a construction made of quartz underground, that would be a geologist's dream because this would be oh. considered like a natural wonder of the world if it was in such a perfect, precise construction in a mountain. That is true. From the geologist angle, that does make sense. But you'd also think that recognizing how remarkable it is to find a bedroom made of quartz inside a mountain would make him more credulous regarding supernatural element. Yeah. Well, curiosity killed the cat, as they say. 
Worst, worst comes to it. If they're a mining company, surely they have dynamite. Worst comes to it. We wait when there would be no workers present and, and at least well, disrupt it for a, a while. The mine. Yes. I don't know if we could accomplish that to the point where they would just stop, but at least a stop gap for some time. I don't know anything about using explosives, but I understand that there's an end with a fuse on it that responds to flame. Perhaps it's, we seem to have some people on our side here. Perhaps they could be helpful there. Yeah. Sorry, Matt, what were you going to say? I was going to say, uh, given the time period, dynamite is actually a relatively modern invention. In fact, one, one of the things about uh, basin is you can play around with the technology. Technically, dynamite in the real world hasn't, it doesn't exist until a, fair, a little bit after this. But for the purposes of this scenario and this particular version of Sweden, dynamite is around. Cool. And there are there are other forms of sabotage. I mean, if somebody were to slip into their accounting offices and made off with their papers. I mean, just- perhaps, Victor, one of the ways we could find out if their precise interest is by breaking and entering taking there's, there's two other possibilities i can think of one is the direct approach tell him the truth tell him why we're here why we've come that we've seen these things and that it's it's more of a it's more of a terrible warning do not try to get into her bedroom and uh and he'll send us down the river to peel potatoes as well well, I the, other, the other possibility, God God forbid me saying this, but kill him. He's the problem. Well, the other thing is if they're bringing out corpses and some of these corpses have eternal darkness inside them, what does that mean? Uh, you know, perhaps if, perhaps if we point out that two of the bodies have walked off, that will get his attention. That concerns me, the darkness, the fact that she didn't truly even know the nature of it. All of that very much concerns me. She's always got her lamp after all. Vampire. Demon. Yeah, some kind of revenant thing. God knows we've seen one of those. Well, uh, yeah. So that's another. That's that's the that's an approach for Walter when we get up there. What has what has what has happened to the men that were dug out? What is their condition? Perhaps we could have a look at them if they're not buried in this cold. Uh, I'm sure it's hard to dig a grave. It's, it's true. A, there's an inclined ramp. Yes. Mm-hmm. What if we filled a cart with the dynamite pushed it down the incline to the bottom and blew up the entire i think that would cost a couple of cost them a couple of levels of progress at, at least and Lindquist hasn't made a profit yet so that might put three things to an end that it's uh, <sighs> the hand of evil or something and the people are superstitious i wonder if the the miners saw anything before their deaths that they could tell us about anything relevant. I'm not. Maybe we should not fiddle around with trying to find out what the inside of her bedroom looks like or anything like 
No, we can just simply ask them. I'm uh, I'm worried if a seance. Yes. I'm 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 concerned that calling souls here who have come into contact with this eternal darkness is safe. We don't know exactly what it does. That is true. Or what it is, even. I mean, if they if we call them here and they are they bring that with them, um, uh, that could be a problem. We've already dealt with the devil. How how much more are we? uh, It's very cavalier of you, Father. How much holy water are you carrying, Father? I can always make more holy water. That's part of my office. Very quiet. Yeah, we can't hear you. Me? Yeah. Oh, oh, now but, we can. We, yeah, oh, here now. But maybe I was just... just talking too quietly. Um, I said, uh, I said I can always make more holy water. That's part of my office. So you turn the whole river into holy water. <laughs> uh, I assume we're still. We're, we're, are, are we camp over oh, camp? Mm-hmm. That's right. We got yeah. to sleep. Uh, I say we we go to bed and we get up early and to that damn mine. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I feel Dang. quite safe. Yeah, I mean, there's still there's still that kind of little unnerving feeling because the more you re- the more you listen out, you realize there's not really the sound of many animals around here. But yeah, there is there is something having comf- comforted to have uh, spoken with the spirit of the mine or the spirit of the mountain, and that she seems to be on your side. Is Curse uh, Cursey thinking of uh, getting a crystal ball out and having a having a not chat yet. with the dead? <laughs> not um, not yet. No, I I hear Torin's caution and and respect that. Good plan. <laughs> All right, in which case, uh, everyone's going to be bedding down to sleep eventually. This sounds like a good point for our almost midway five minute restroom break. Yeah, that sounds good. So the next morning comes. Uh, again, the sun rises fairly late. It's around about 9 a.m., approximately around that time. And still cold. Maybe this is, again, lingering feeling that there's something just a little bit unsettling here, but nothing that kind of sets you, sets you off in any, in any way. But, yeah, you can easily pack up and start making your way further north. Try to get and- yeah, leave it as nice and tidy and uh, respectfully as you found it. And heading further along the path up the river, and um, by mid-morning, or well, mid-morning, it's already that when the sun comes up, uh, about maybe half 10, 11 o'clock, um, as you're following the path leading around the edge of the river, or the banks of the river. We um, see a barge. You indeed, first of all, see the uh, column of smoke rising off the... Uh, Rising from its uh, turret or its um, whatever the word is, uh, funnel stack. Yeah. That's the word. Yeah, smokestack. And yeah, we're coming round a bend in the river. You see this nice little uh, steam-powered barge that's uh, coming down. And there's various people on board, which are out and about on deck. They will uh, they wave to you. Uh, you can see there's boxes of cargo that are covered in tarp and then uh, secured down to the deck with various with ropes. Looks all very well and secure, and yeah, they they pass by unless you want to uh, to yell and call them over for any reason. I feel like we do, but I don't know why. <laughs> Quick, think. 
No, you, just, you, you can quite happily just say hello and let them go past. It's just if you wanted to uh, call them over to ask them anything or wanted to turn around and get a ride back to town, <laughs> now would be the time. Well, I mean, I'll... these are these are minors, right? They're, they're yeah. part of the team themselves, but they're yeah. pretty much it's just a dedicated crew that go back and mm-hmm. forth. How much farther do we have to go? <laughs> uh, there's, uh, they, which could they slow down a bit rather than sail right uh-huh. past you? Say, so, go where? To the mine. Why are you heading up that way? Oh. The new priest. I'm supposed to take over the church that was built. Long ago, you'll have to evict the squatter. That's fine. How much farther? Uh, you reckon they they can't give you a, a number of miles? You think you're probably there by about mid afternoon? Oh. Have anything to trade for some fresh game? Hmm. <laughs> what would they like? What would they have? Have any dead people been walking around with the darkness inside? <laughs> <laughs> Don't know what you mean, mate. Ah, <laughs> uh, they, they they kind of lament and say, "Well, we wish we had something, but we're going to pick up all the supplies back down in town." And so if if you're around a couple of days, or a few days, we'll have something on the way back. Very good. You can throw him a rabbit, maybe. Yeah, you, you still want something? <laughs> oh, hey, we won't say no. Eat the deer. Snow hair. <laughs> yeah, to swing it around and then give it a good chuck. Was one of you uh, the guard uh, on the at the drift that collapsed? Oh, that they look between themselves, and then uh, no, um, e- Enoch, he's still up there. Oh. oh, well, he's a brave man. Ah, he's well, brave and a bit more well paid than us. Kind of, kind of a bit envious, really. Well, safe travel down the down to the rapids. Enjoy the hair. That will do. Yeah, be seeing you. Honor. I wonder what that's all about. Sorry, what? The squatter. I was wondering what oh, that was all yeah. about. That's a that's something to follow up, certainly. Something we didn't know. Father, you're silent again. Uh, somebody hiding in the church. Yeah, I wonder, wonder how that affects things, though. And who would want to? I mean, it's probably not heated. There's no food. Yeah. That seems like a desperate measure. Maybe someone we could help then. Perhaps. Or could help us. We've got the name of the guard, at least. Mm-hmm. There wasn't there... There was tell of a family up here that was cursed. Maybe, maybe oh, one of them. That was so long ago. Have they I, run out of generations? Seven, seven generations. And seven generations they were is a long gone. time. That's what? No, that's true. That's a good 120, 140 years. years so. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, it was quite a while ago. It was the, I mean, might actually have been about 140 years ago at this point. But it's also seven generations of any family that uh, joins theirs. So if anyone that joins by marriage is then going to kickstart seven generations of uh, oh. hell for them. Someone's probably still around then. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a vicious curse. It is. But 
mining is pretty vicious to a, land, a lifestyle like, you know, a, the Sami have. So, and it led to the exploitation of his people. I mean, that's no. mm. the things people do out of poverty. Mm. I just, you know, nick a purse once in a while. Only if somebody looks well healed. Or looking for, for drops of silver. Save it for the confessional. Oh, well, you're a priest here, aren't you? Is it anything we say, a confessional? Yeah, I think you're always you, on duty. You have to want to be forgiven. Uh, when I find myself contrite, I'll make an appointment. Hey, I mean, if, if, if I die and there's a God there to meet me, I just have to tell him, hey, I dealt with the devil dog. That should count for something towards the redemption of my soul, shouldn't it? It should. Uh, he might say that's why you finally got some sixes. <laughs> Luck smiled upon you for that three one. three sixes. <laughs> All right, let's get on with it. Right, you follow the path or follow the track along the river further. And as, as estimated, around about maybe one, maybe two o'clock. So you've got about an hour or two worth of daylight before it, uh, before it gets dark again. Um, you start to see the slope of Alcavar, the mountain, and as you work your way towards the uh, the Cani stream, you can see the various bits of the uh, the mining operation laid out ahead of you. So it looks a little like this. Right, so you're coming in from the southeast. You can see there are two very distinct groupings of structures. Obviously, the one that's more to the northeast is on a higher elevation. Uh, to the southwest is lower. You've got kind of working from bottom to top. You've got uh, what definitely looks like the dock where the uh, where the load of or loading of the barge takes place. Uh, there's tracks which then run up the slope and connect to the first bunch of huts and tents, and then go further up to the second bunch. Uh, the first bunch, which is six, seven, eight, nine. Those are a combination of tents and more permanent structures. Uh, again, one looks very much like a mess tent or mess hall. Uh, there's smaller buildings, and then there's the what seems to be wider, minor accommodation that's set there. Following the tracks further up the slope, you get to the very distinct mine head, which is the structure above the, the opening to the shaft where uh, they haul up the buckets and then it tips over the top into a, uh, a ramp that then leads off into a larger building, which is where the rock separation takes place, where they basically beat the galena into smaller, more transportable chunks and also remove any ore that's very much not silver bearing. So they try and strip out as much as the, much as the, uh, the dead weight as possible. Uh, you've got what evidently seems to be an office or at least a, a more upper-class, almost log cabin structure up there that definitely stands apart from the others. Uh, one that looks like a wood store, one that's got some smoke rising off the top of it from a, from a funnel, looks like probably the blacksmiths. And then quarter of a mile off to the northwest is the structure that looks like the, ch uh, the chapel. It's a very modest uh, structure. You can see from this distance, it doesn't look particularly grand. Uh, if when you get up close and personal, Looks like that. That's the the real chapel on site. 
I suppose we should at least make our presence known before we start poking around. Meet up with the gentleman who wrote the letter. I was wondering, I mean, yes, we certainly should speak to Walter as soon as we can. But I wonder if we just wander in, we won't have some security-minded fellow interfere with us. And it might be useful to have a proper reason to be here. Perhaps, Victor, you should offer last rites for the fallen. That's a good That's idea. something we can hardly complain about. And if Lindquist does not believe in the older spirits around us, then maybe he's a proper Christian and um, you can start to make inroads socially. Yeah. And also offer, I mean, I offered it to the Sorry, I offered a game to the to the people on the on the barge, but we can also offer the, to the miners as well. I mean, we can build some some social relations here. Don't have to be all doom and gloom. Fine idea. Hey, so as as you're approaching, or at least as you're getting nearer, you do notice that there are people moving around. Uh, that you will be spotted. It's not like there's anywhere to hide out here. It's right. all, uh, got a brush and scrub land here. So yeah, you you see a couple of people wave back. Uh, you see a couple of them talk uh, one point back towards the mine head, uh, head and another one rushes off. And after a couple of minutes, there is indeed a, a person walking down to greet you with a couple of people flanking behind them. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Uh, we don't normally get visitors out here. This is a, a working mine, after all. Have you come looking for work? Uh, not exactly. I'm Father Victor Nistrom. Uh, I heard a couple of things. One is we have an old chapel out here, but you also have a number of miners who have uh, passed away and perhaps need last rites. Oh, well, I think... Uh, I think maybe your information has been a little uh, a little skewed because, uh, well, we we've had an accident, but it, we've actually recovered three of the uh, three of the miners from the uh, from a cave in, and while they're uh, well, they're I suppose they're recovering, but they're they're very much not dead. Oh, I must have heard wrong then. Uh, uh, you say you recovered three, but there were five, were there not? True. I mean, we're, we're still digging. We've had, we've just got the third one uh, third one out a few minutes ago. We're, we're actually oh. you should be coming out of the shaft any minute. Excellent. Uh, I should like to see them. Uh, and see how they are. We got word about this more than a, well, almost two weeks ago. Even if they had not been killed in the collapse, surely in this cold, under rock, without food or water. Maybe, Father, this is a miracle and not a cause for last rites. We shall In, see. Indeed, the uh, the kind of the lead guy says um, there there is, or at least we've heard, water trickling through various parts of the uh, various parts of the mine. We we're just counting it as a miracle that they happen to be able to in the section where they are, that they were caught in a pocket in the rock, that they weren't crushed, and that they had water to uh, to survive on. Obviously, they're, they're malnourished and they're thin and they're weak, but 
we've we've got them out and two of them are in our infirmary already and so the third one should be coming up any minute mm. uh the letter that father nistrom received uh mentioned a a a, a, a foreman walter he, he looks a little bit kind of his eyes open wide ah well that's me I didn't realise that you were uh, uh, that you'd received my letter. Um, he, he turns around to the other two guys behind him and says, uh, "Yeah, I, I've got this. You can you can head back up there and say uh, check to see if they've got see if they've got number three out yet or not, and let let me know who it is and make sure if they're if they're good, get them down to the infirmary." So they they nod and rush off. At which point he turns around and kind of you can see him kind of relax a little bit. So also. Oh, you're, you're members of the society, then? Yes. We are the society right now. Oh, phew. Um, well, I'm just glad the letter got to you. I mean, I wasn't even sure if the, if the society was still still around. It's something that my so I heard from various other got colleagues years ago, and it's just one of those bits of information that's kind of stuck in my head. I, I was I thought it was a long shot giving you a you're sending you a letter, but evidently it's paid off. So. Well, we thought it was advantageous to create a pretext for why we were here. Mm. You know the truth, but the others don't have to know that clearly. Well, I, I know what I'm paid to uh, paid to know. Even I don't know everything. They've still what whatever's going on down there. They're keeping it really close to their chest. That even I'm not allowed down that down that drift. It's, they are approaching uh, extreme danger. Is what they are approaching for themselves and others. Because the men who have come out are probably not um, going to recover. We have so. we have spoken we've spoken to the lady that that Melkor was warned by. Oh, they they're the the mine guardian. Yeah. Yes. The okay. the 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 danger at the end of the tunnel they're digging is is. Uh, greater than even she herself understands remarkably he, he looks confused she also seemed to indicate that those that you've recovered are not entirely what they appear to be any longer they they are in a in a weird in a weird state our um our resident uh, doctor uh, so her name's Sylvie. Uh, she's she's given the first couple, um, Isaac and uh, Illet, given them a couple, uh, given them a look over, and said that all signs look like they're in some kind of coma, but their eyes are open and they're just staring up into the they're staring up at the ceiling. Uh, she's mostly known coma patients to be like they're just like they're asleep that. Their eyes are shut, but these they're uh, they're wide open and staring. It's a it's kind of a little unnerving, really, being around them. Do you know if they accept food? Oh, they we've tried feeding them like liquid liquid food, like uh, gruel, porridge, soups. Yeah, just something to get inside them. But they don't seem to be responding. We're having to force force feed them by tube. Mm. Do you think that? We have several questions, uh, and you have many as well, I'm sure. 
Um, yeah, yeah, go, go on. We've got time down here. One thing is that if you can arrange to have some sort of guard put on them in the infirmary, we don't know if they're dangerous. The, the place that tunnel goes is the guardian's private chamber, which is meant to always be in darkness and contains darkness. And darkness apparently can leave it and enter people. Or more or less, mm -hmm. the Bruvmaya told us. So we don't understand what darkness is inside the miners, Isaac and Ivlet and whoever else. But they might be dangerous. Honestly, she seemed as much alarmed at the prospect of that escaping as she is angry that her sanctum has been violated. Mm. Okay. Um, it's a fairly tall one, well, as far as, not as far as you're concerned, but as far as he's concerned, it sounds a bit like a tall tale. Uh, your choice, you can either roll inspiration or manipulation to see if you can get him to, to take this seriously. Well, I'm better at one than the other, and I'm pretty good at it. I've got, I've got seven total for manipulation. You, you are a people person. Hmm. Three successes. Oh, he, he buys it uh, with, without any question. You can tell, yeah, he's definitely, he's on board with this. But yeah, he's, he still doesn't quite understand it, but he's saying, you're, he's deferring to you as the experts and you're, you're saying it's this. He's going, okay, I'm, I'm not sure what to make of it, but if, if you're telling me it's that, it's that. I will say in terms of being convincing, the same reasons that we'll have a hard time convincing Lindquist of anything, are the reasons that somebody who wrote the society will look at the four of us and think, okay, experts, I see. There's, there's a motley crew of strange people. Um, True. So, yeah. uh, so the other question is, you know, we obviously, we're gonna need to speak to Linkfist and Jonsson, but we don't know them or how to get, how to impress them with the seriousness of our mission, which, and I assume they're gonna think we're crazy. Yeah, they're they're very much scientists. They're academics, uh, both of them, really. Uh, so, linguist is a trained geologist, uh, admittedly not too much out of um, out of his higher learning education, so at university. Uh, Jonsson's an engineer, uh, very hand, very hands on. Again, a, a lady of science. <sighs> they basically bluntly ignored uh, when I reported to them about obviously. Uh, Melka having been confronted by the spirit before, I any talk of that and that's going to turn them off. They just they just won't believe you. They it's just it's not in there. They haven't got any hook in them. They haven't got any investment in this. They're all about science and they're all about facts. What about uh, do they consider themselves serious Christians? Ah, uh, probably Linquist more than Jonsson. Uh, Jonsson, I'm not sure if she really has any kind of faith or if she's maybe only pays it lip service. But Linquist, I think, probably has. He's got a cross up in his office, so that's maybe an indication. Do you think that uh, the story that we're uh, restoring the chapel will carry any weight? 
Oh, maybe. Um, especially if you've come to clear the uh, the woman that's up there out, then that's probably uh, probably going to probably going to add weight to that. So there is a we uh, we heard there was a squatter. Do you know what the woman's name is? Uh, some Sammy. Uh, at which point he looks over at Kersey and he's like, "No, no offense, just I just that's all I really kind of got out of her was that she's uh." She's one, well, yeah, one of one of your lot. Um, I don't mean to suggest a volunteer, but uh, are you in charge of hiring then? You asked us as we uh, came. Kind of, yeah. I mean, I take care of, I'm kind of the immediate manager, as it were. I, I, I manage the shift, uh, shift patterns. I make sure people are doing their job down there. Got to do spot checks. Uh, generally keep like head count and yeah, general dog's body when it comes to doing all the uh, the managerial work. Uh, Johnson as the mining engineer is very much like uh, the next rung up the ladder. It's very much strategy and uh, the technical side of things. And then you've obviously got the boss right above the top. But yeah, I'm the, uh, the hands-on management as, 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 it, as it were. I'm wondering if, uh, uh, as I say, can volunteer them, but I'm wondering if either Torin or Oscar. Torin, you saw that coming, us, right? <laughs> I, I, I will not be doing any work underground. Thank you very much, Victor. I think I that. could integrate myself into the camp in another way. And again, I'll, I'll kind yeah, of suggest he's, he's, he, he's very good at catching animals. Oh, you, you'll get on well with our, uh, our cook then. Yeah, see, I was thinking I was going to pass myself off as your impoverished assistant, but I suppose it is probably a good idea to have somebody hired and inside. And that's going to be me. To, that, to going down there. Oh, yeah. Possibly sabotaging. I don't know. Well, yeah, he, I mean, he's, he, he's kind of, la la, I didn't hear that. La la. <laughs> I, I just mean that particular direction that they're going. Um, well, it's clear, Father, that you and Kiersey have a place, unlogical place at the chapel after the infirmary. We yes. haven't even seen it, so I don't know if there's a place for us to stay there or... At least go have a look. I don't want to encroach yeah. on that woman's space if it's where she's staying. But of course, if she's Krufvisare... She might need assistance herself. Oh, absolutely. Yes. We'll go and check on her for sure. Right. So I guess that means, Falter, that I'm looking for a job. Well, we have openings. Uh, well, we did have five until we started pulling them back out from the, uh, from the rubble. No, and they're not working yet. Precisely. I can yeah, swing a pick at least. It doesn't take a lot of brains. I don't interested in learning about explosives but we'll get to that hmm. well most most of the explosive uh, laying is done by Jonsson but at least doing the uh, driving the shafts into the rock that's that's a whole lot of manual labor she don't do mm. so yeah if you want to uh, if you want to follow me I can give you the give you the rundown of what you need get some uh, get some kit set up for you and uh, pointing to Torren. I can drop you off at the uh, the cook on the way through if you want to have a have a quick chat with her about uh, what you can add. 
Oh, excellent. All right. So we should, once, since, uh, since Walter can help with my schedule being arranged, we can figure out a time to meet and, you know, reconvene with our information once we've found our respective situations. Yeah, I mean, well, the shift, shift change is going to happen probably within the course of the next hour, hour and a half, because it's getting dark. Uh, obviously, we, we don't mind uh, during during the night. We have day we operate days, apart from the uh, the group which are say digging out the uh, the rubble to get the to get the miners out there in case the other two are still alive. So they've kind of redoubled their efforts in the course of the last couple of days. Well, Victor, should we go to the infirmary first? Do you think since it's Closest. Well, I'm not so sure that well, uh, we've spoken then to uh, Walter. Um, I mean, you can inform Linquist that we have arrived. Don't you want to see the surviving miners, though? Oh, I Father? do. I'm just saying yeah. that I don't know whether it's proper for us to speak to Linquist first before we start jumping around the camp. But you can, you can, uh, you can tell him that we're here and we've gone to see the prisoners surprised by the miracle yeah i I can get word to him to say that we've got some new recruits and a couple of visitors excellent it's up to him if he bites and that we want to restore the chapel Hmm. very good Okay, well, he starts leading Torin and Oscar away then and directs you to the, um, obviously the chapel's up there, the infirmary's over there. Um, if you head inside, as I said, our uh, resident doctor is uh, Sylvie, uh, Sylvie Alexanderson. Uh, good afternoon. Uh, we are Father Victor Nistrom and uh, Kersey Frisk. Okay, um, you, you catch the doctor inside just as she's moving a, a couple of trays of implements around. And she raises an eyebrow, says, you're, you're new here. We don't, we don't really get visitors as such. You're a long way off the beaten path. Well, we're here in, in part to restore the chapel. We thought you had um, dead uh, uh, miners, but apparently a miracle has occurred. Yeah, um, yeah, she kind of scratches her head and says, oh, I don't see it, it can hurt anything. Uh, yeah, this way. And she leads you into this. Uh, the, the building's pretty basic. It's got like a frontage, uh, what seems to be an office store area. A door then leads her into an open ward, as it were. Um, there's only six beds laid out in here, and they're very basic, uh, with a wooden floor that's already raised above the, uh, above the ground outside. And Laying inside, there are two beds which are occupied, and there's these two uh, two men, very emaciated, very well, skins all tight, uh, cheeks are swollen. They look like they haven't eaten in easily a couple of weeks, uh, but otherwise are just laying there with their arms down by their sides on top of the uh, the sheets put on uh, put over them, just staring up at the ceiling. As you can see, the chest rise and fall, so they're definitely breathing. Have a get get closer, have a look at them, I suppose. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. If you want to get close and have a like a visual look over them, uh, give me vigilance rolls. 
Always good to hear. <laughs> Logic. Oh. Uh, I do not see anything interesting. Okay. That's one success here. Okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, the good father's having a look over them. And yeah, I mean, it does definitely, you've got an understanding of medicine, if I remember right. Um, mm-hmm. That, yeah, there's there's definitely signs that it's like they're in a coma, but definitely shallow breathing. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems to be that they're not really responding to any outside stimulus, but their eyes are open, which is the odd the odd thing about it. Whereas, uh, Kersey, as you're looking over, uh, looking over one guy, that you you catch your your own reflection in the your, the the gleam of its eyes, and that's when you notice that the pupil, just a little tendril of black, just runs out and then across the iris and deeper into the eye, as. Also, the skin starts to ripple and shift as if it was almost water. That slowly, the eye, you see the eyebrows start to reform slightly. The bone structure, even under the skin, starts to move. And this is very, very unnatural. You can give me a fear check, please. So, um, sorry, remind me, what is it that we roll for fear? Right, uh, logic or learning, your choice. Okay. You have one other member of the society with you, so you get a plus one for having the good father with you. Uh, that could potentially go up to a maximum of plus three if everyone was with you. Right. Do you have the brave talent? No. Do you have safety? In, do you have safety in numbers? I don't have safety in numbers either. So I think it's just yeah the just, the just bonus that. for having yeah. All right, uh, one success. Okay, yeah, you you're a little bit shaken by it, but you you remain in control. Probably yeah. stepping back. Yeah, recoil, yes. Yes, like, you all, right? What did you see? Is the doctor in the room with us? Yeah, she's moving. Uh, she, again, she's like tidying up, getting ready the third bed because she's heard there's yeah, another one coming I, down. I'm getting close to him. There is something moving under his skin, in his eyes. It's like the, hmm. the darkness. I don't, I don't know that these men are truly alive, Victor. They may be dead and something is keeping them animated. Well, let's you didn't see have vital signs and everything, you know, like this. a pulse. Yeah, if you put your finger up to there, you can you can feel a thump, thump, oh. thump. Okay. Well, let's see what God has to say about it. And I'm going to uh, take my cross <laughs> and uh, bring it down close to them. Yeah, let's see they don't react. Vampires. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the fangs drop, they leap up. No, no, it's no no reaction whatsoever. Hmm. I don't know how we could cure these men of this. And they haven't been taking food or water. You've had to force feed them. Yeah, the, the doctor, uh, doctor turns around again to you. She's uh, sorting the bed out. Yeah, unfortunately, we've had to uh, we've had to resort to feeding them by feeding them by tube because they're <laughs> literally like they're just lying there like planks. There's it all indications is that this is some kind of coma. Any any difference in the daytime or nighttime? Uh, well, we, we haven't really kind of spent the night with them as such. We've there's always at least one of us here during the day, either me or one of the assistants. I, I'm going to grab one of the lanterns, and I'm going to bring it over close to the face so that the light is very bright, mm-hmm. shining into the person's eyes. 
maybe light is the remedy for darkness. Uh, when you when you do that, the eyes look uh, look directly into yours. They do move. And you oh. can see there's the uh, the eyes almost narrow slightly. Do the as you can see, change size. Yes, and uh, so much so that it's almost as if the pupils something retreats back into the eye. So you can give me a fear check as well as you see something evidently move that shouldn't be. And I'm sorry, what was logic again? Uh, logic or empathy, your choice. Uh, do you have brave? Uh, it's one of the talents. No. Do you have safety no. in numbers? No. Okay, so you get uh, your logic or empathy with a plus one bonus for having Kersey here with you. Okay. Uh, no. I did right. Get any sixes. So uh, options, you'll either be terrified for 1d6 rounds and take a mental condition of your choice, not broken, um, or you can take a condition to re-roll so that you can try and get another, uh, try and get a single six and remain in control. But if you don't, I, I'll you try to do that. Okay, so give I, me a roll all your dice again. No. Right, you're going to pick up two conditions then, because you pick up one for the re-roll and pick up one for the uh, failing the fear check, and then roll one d six to work out how long this is going to be. Oh, rolls it right onto the floor. Two. <laughs> okay, so thankfully not not too long then. So you you kind of retreat back and just find yourself trying to get as far away from this thing's gaze as you possibly can. And it's about the time when you've got pinned yourself up against the far wall and still seeing this uh, piercing gaze of this personal thing you're thinking of on the bed that you suddenly realise that there's someone stood beside you when you regain your senses, um, looking at you uh, somewhat quizzically, saying, I hear you're here to sort out the chapel? Yes, indeed. Um what has happened to these gentlemen that they've that they have not recovered yet? I'm I'm sorry. Uh, <clears throat> yes, I'm uh, I'm here to um, inspect the chapel and hopefully set it up again so that we can resume services for you and your men. Ah, well, he sends a hand. Uh, I'm sorry, you're Mister Linquist. You have me a disadvantage, yes. <coughs> I'm Father Victor uh, Nistrom. Kirstie Frisk. Kirstie Frisk. Pleasure. Yes, we've got a we've got a squatter up there, uh, and again looks over to uh, Kirstie, um, a local. I heard. And, yes. Has she been there long? Do you know? Uh, well, I heard that she came in about a week ago. Ah, I see. But uh, but yeah, she's. She's keeping to herself. Um, she's using the chapel as shelter, basically, but doing something on the other side of the uh, the other side of the building. We've we've left her to whatever it is that she's doing, and we're quite happy. Well, she stays over there. We stay over here. No, not that never the twain shall meet, but yeah, just making sure that we're uh, we're not treading on each other's toes. Well. We thought we'd see these miracles that uh, these men are not dead from the collapse. I thought oh, I'd have to perform some funerals. 
Well, miracles come in threes. Apparently, we've got another one. Um, as he turns to the uh, to look at the door, there's a couple of folks bringing in on a stretcher another uh, another man about the same age, uh, taking him over to the prepared bed and starting to get him on while the while the doctor starts preparing a tube to uh, to get fluids in him. And this one looks the same as the others, having freshly been taken out of the mountain. Yeah, the uh, linguist says, "Yeah, this is this as you." You took the words right out of my mouth. It's, it's a miracle. I was expecting to be ending up digging five graves in the in the rock here, but no. Thankfully, the thankfully God, as after all the trouble we've had and all the bad luck that we've had recently, finally something's going right. Meanwhile, uh, outside, uh, Torrens shown over to the uh, over to the chef's tent or the, the mess tent, while. Uh, Volta goes through the basic operations of like, safety equipment with Oscar, so that's going to take a, a little bit of time with Oscar to get him uh, to get him inside. So yeah, Torren, you are uh, shown through to, mil- uh, to meet Tilda Martinson, um, who could, could could easily in another life be a German shop putter. Uh, think a uh, Miss Trunchbold type uh, physique, so big hulking muscles. Uh, could, could probably pick the mess tent up with one arm or one one hand. Uh, looks looks down at you as you come in. Says, "Ah, fresh meat in more ways than one." Yes, uh, that is a uh, that is my trade. I am a hunter. I heard about your little encampment up here at the mine, and, and I thought we could do some business. Oh well, I'm certainly not going to turn down meat and an extra pair of hands. Uh, I think that they put me through feeding all these uh, these ruffians. That it's nice to finally get some help. Yeah, we'll see what uh, what assistance I I can be. It's uh, quite lovely up here. She's a little bit taken aback. Really? <laughs> yeah, the arse end of nowhere. I'd, I'd much rather be down in the town. <laughs> No, the will. <laughs> I'm 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 one who leans more towards the creatures and less towards the comfort myself. But uh... oh, each, each their own, really. As long as you can uh, peel a spud, cut some uh, cut some vegetables, skin those uh, those beauties you've got there, and uh, get them in the pot, then I think we'll be I think we'll be fine. Oh well. Yeah, happy, happy to help. Right, uh, she gives you a quick tour of the uh, the mess tent. It's a very similar kind of setup to the one back down at the smelting plant, that it's divided into two areas. You reckon that there's enough seating here, probably for about 20, 30 of a uh, push. But yeah, there's definitely there's definitely a fair number of people here. Um, also more provisions and stock. Uh, there's there's another tent out the back, which is where a lot of the store for the uh, the vegetables and meat and other such um, are, are taking place. Uh, given the the cold outside, it's kind of acting as a natural refrigerator, so they don't have to worry too much about uh, stuff going off particularly. And there's certainly not any signs of there being much wildlife or in terms of, like animal life on the mountainside that would get in and eat it. So it's it's a good. Good position for stuff to be stored in out there. Otherwise, the equipment's fairly basic here. It's nothing that's nothing you haven't seen before. And she she looks you to kind of get your get your gauge of how you're feeling about this. 
I mean, I am more of a specialist in the acquiring of of animals than I am necessarily in the uh, full on preparation of vegetables, let's say. But mm. uh, oh, okay, so you're more the kind of the hunter gatherer type, then, yeah? Yeah. Oh, well, I certainly won't say again. So I won't say no to having more provisions coming because we only get so much come up every. Uh, it's usually every six days. So two days down there, load, unload, two days back, load, unload, same six-day cycle. So, yeah, if you've got, if you can find any more juicy stuff like that, I can certainly, I'd say certainly make uh, make use of it. Well, yeah, uh, of course. If, I would be a little concerned uh, being up here six days apart from provisions without being able to uh, provide for myself. I mean, for... All its picturesque desertion, it's still uh, still pretty deserted. Mm. But yeah, yeah, you might have to venture a bit further down the mountain or back into the valleys before you find uh, before you find much game. There's not that much up here that we've seen. Although I understand the uh, the reindeer come through here in the in the summer months, but uh, well, it all depends on the uh, the crazy one up at the up at the chapel. Well, how so? Uh, apparently, uh, something about the something about the reindeer. This something that she's mentioned. Well, I mean, it is there is there's some odd auras about the place, don't you think? Auras. Yeah, I do. I do quite a lot of, of traveling and, and hunting, and uh, there's. Uh, Pass through quite a peculiar spot. All those trees with X's in them. Ever seen it? Uh, she kind of scratches her head. Vaguely recall something like that on the way up here. I mean, some of us came up by boat. Some of us came. Uh, some some of us walked up. But yeah, I think well, I come to think of it, some some old prospecting patch where there was a whole load of whole load of trees that had been marked with crosses. Didn't think too much to it on the way up. Uh, I've got, uh, yeah, I'm not not much of a superstitious type, or <laughs> I don't uh, sense things like auras or anything like that. I'm quite uh, quite dense in that respect, so I've been told. Yeah, well, live live out. As I said, I lean towards more towards the creatures and less towards the comfort. But uh, I don't know generally, the animals know what's going on. Hmm. I mean, even in winter, you can always find critters you know and things but the closer i get up to here the less and less i seem to find mm-hmm. yeah especially yeah. in that place where that x is there i don't know something the animals i think know something that we don't mm. well best they tell us i don't want to be around if uh, around here if something old is happening um, uh, something's odd happening right now <laughs> speaking of which uh, that's about the time that Oscar's been uh, given his hat, or his hard hat rather, uh, giving a pickaxe, and Volta is leading you into the mine, uh, going through the adit. So this is a a hole in the base, the side of the mountain that then goes in at a horizontal level. Uh, it kind of twists and turns a little bit. There's some tracks that have been laid in the in the ground a long time ago. You think probably from the original version of the mine. And that you are led through to the incline shaft, you can hear 
in the various different drifts that come off this, that there are people working all over the place. There's the sounds of metal hitting metal, metal hitting stone, uh, the various uh, carts being pushed along the tra- along the rails, uh, buckets of ore being hauled up the main uh, the main shaft where there's this wooden frame. Uh, one of the things that Volta instructs you, especially if you're going down, because that is the only way to get down the main to the real depths of the mine, is only use every other step because the other alternate steps are rollers that help the bucket go up. So you don't want to put your foot on it and then suddenly find that you lose your foot and you, um, you hold and you go straight down. Yeah, 600 feet is uh, even at a very slight incline enough to break every bone. Mm. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's, and what yeah. incline is this? Mm. How steep is the incline channel? It's about 45 degrees. So it does go, yeah, it does go down at a fair old, fair old uh, steep gradient. Uh, Walter, is there somebody whose job it is just to refill the oil lanterns? Yeah, we, we go around depending on, uh, depending on what shift patterns people are on. We kind of have one person dedicated per day just to do that. Oh. So thankfully, that the, the lanterns last, well, lasted quite a while down here. But after a while, uh, so we've had teething troubles that have uh, almost seemingly deliberately trying to encourage people to get out of here by having lanterns go dark, wicks uh, burn out, reserves empty sooner than they should, tools mm-hmm. breaking. You get you get where I'm going. Yeah, she's trying everything she can to shake, them, shake you off mm. without being violent. Yeah, the way but- she described it, the the collapse itself was not an act of anger on her part, but protection. Like a last um, resort. Indeed. I I can get you down to the 600 level if you want, if you follow me and you can have a look around there. But as I say, there's a, there's a guard on duty pretty much all the time down there. So. Right. And it's also almost the end of shift. So I can... You can it could be part of the general tour, and we can come up with everybody else. Although I guess they work late down there. Yeah, I mean, if you're, <laughs> I wouldn't want to be down here by myself. It's a general practice that we never have one person alone, uh, so you've always got a, someone partnered with you. So I mean, we can find obviously someone to partner you up with, you or even get you in a group of three. But yeah, no, no one goes around down here on their own. That's it's awfully, awfully deep inside the earth. A man alone. Mm. Is it warmer in the tunnels than the outside? It probably is. It uh, depends on which way the wind blows. And he points up the shaft uh, going up to the surface where the mine head is. That there's a series of shafts that go off the inclined shaft. So that if you were looking at it from above, it would almost look a bit like Swiss cheese, that there's lots of different holes that were all originally dug on the surface that then combine and go into the, the inclined shaft. But if the wind catches that right, he points, that it almost generates a, like a suction, like a, a fall through coming down the adit as well. So with a cold breeze, it can get pretty chilly down here. That sounds like Satan's own pipe organ too. Hmm. I thought it was always warm in hell. This is always <laughs> just frozen. Um, yeah, well, uh, I guess, Walter, if you can spare the time, you can show me the bottom and then 
we'll get the hell back out before mm. it's full dark. Indeed, good good choice of words there. Right, and he proceeds to get your stab, say, put your foot here, grab hold of this, and showing you the way to best uh, and safely descend the ladder. And you do indeed pass the various different drifts that then go off at the levels. So you're, you've entered at 50 foot down, and then you've got 100, 200, 400, and then finally 600. Uh, as you pass by the other levels, uh, you're seeing see, tunnels that go off, these drifts that go off into uh, further deeper into the mountain and deeper into the bedrock. There are winzes, which are shafts which connect drifts where if they've like, built, if they've dug a stope which goes off particularly at an angle, but are going too deep, then they might create a winds, which is a shaft that goes straight down, which connects with the level below, um, potentially to help shore it up, which if it looks like it's a structural problem, and also as another way that you don't have to go all the way back to the incline shaft and then go down that and then go back out another drift. Mm. So it does become a little bit of a maze down here, but not a particularly complicated one. And you get down to the, the bottom of the 600 level where you can see these five tunnels going off roughly equidistant from each other. And the one that heads roughly northeast, you can see that there is uh, a cart that's been parked in the middle of the tracks that are heading out that way. And leaning up against it, there is a, a man which is uh, stood there pretty much with a, like an iron bar that he's holding, um, holding up in his hand that is very much acting as a guard at least like a sentry on duty, making sure no one goes down there. Uh, you can hear, though, from down, the tunnel goes off and kind of bends away a bit. You can hear movement and activity taking place down there, so there is definitely someone down there doing something. You can like, hear rubble being moved and the sounds of grunting and people chipping away. But then you also hear similar kind of sounds coming from the other, the other drifts down here as well. So, Volta gestures for you to, uh, say, pick a tunnel, really. I can show you any of them apart from that one. Well, um, I guess we'll go to the one, we'll go two over. So I don't want to echo right back out at the, at the special cave. Mm -hmm. Okay, he leads you. It leads you down that drift and takes you uh, takes you to the mine face where the main digging is taking place, and you can see there are Galena uh, veins all over here. Um, the walls are glittering with uh, with this stuff. The way you can see like the silver flecks embedded in the in the ore. Um, you can see also there's a couple of discarded dynamite boxes where at least they they're discarded. They're empty, but you can see others that are using these some long metal. Uh, almost like stakes, the kind of thing that you would put through Dracula's chest but made of metal, that they one person holds it in place, another one then smashes it in with a sledgehammer, and it forms the shaft going into the rock where you would then place dynamite. So it seems like they are getting ready to blast various parts of the wall here. And so there are also stopes going off in different directions, where a, st a stope is where you have a vein which goes off in a different direction not uh, following the path of the drift and basically you start digging it out and it's the hole that's left there as a result right. you're following so, a bit down here and you take a chunk off the side where it's rich before carrying yeah, so on they, and they, they also provide the angle 
a place to sort of hide when you're setting off dynamite, I imagine. That game also works for that. Yeah. Uh, how's the how's the morale scene down here? Um, so people are a little bit frustrated. You can see a couple of them are trying to tie, uh, tighten up the heads of their pick, uh, pickaxes. Uh, a couple of them have been rather delicate in how they're holding and standing away from when the sledgehammer comes in to hit the uh, the spike. And yeah, it seems like there's there's a degree of caution down here and frustration that their tools aren't as up to the task as you may well have hoped. Mm, or even better. Um, and uh, Walter, is the is that uh, Isaac at the uh, who's on the watch back there? Uh, e- Enoch. Oh, Enoch. Uh, yeah, mm. Isaac was the first of the uh, the miners Isaac we dug out of here. Yeah, right. Yeah, Enoch is still the main guard. He's pretty much on duty all the time as long as say, the the shifts are in in place. Then he's here. Was he in close with Lindquist before all this, or is it just random? I, don't know, I think I think he drew lots for whoever came off the came off barge duty, really. And uh, Enoch's a pretty powerful looking fellow, I'm assuming. He, he's got some muscles on him. You kind of think he might be the kind of guy that would be shoveling the coal into the um, into the furnace on the boat. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, do I have to sign any papers, or do I just? Get a bunk and start in the morning. Yeah, well, obviously you have to do some paperwork, which we'll do uh, do up top. Um, you hear a bell ringing from up above, which indicates that's uh, they're playing our song. We should get out of here. That's all right with me. Yeah, and he, he leads you back to the main shaft to go up again. Could you give me a vigilance roll as you're leaving? <laughs> Or magic bones. Sadly, nothing. Okay. For a moment, just as you're starting to ascend the uh, ascend the ladder, from that from that drift where the guy is standing there acting as a sentry, you almost think you hear something that sounds like someone singing down there, but then. The more you try to concentrate on it, the more you're hearing uh, the miners climb up above you and start to ascend. And yeah, it must have just been trick of sound. You're not too sure if you even heard anything now. No. Echoes and clanks and all that. Hard to make out. Mm. Also, I'm very eager to get out of this hole. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and which you do. You're able to, um, after a long and tiring ascent, you do get back to the surface where you are then led to the office where Volta has some paperwork for you to sign. And yeah, meanwhile, back at the infirmary, they're tending to the third body coming in. Um, otherwise, Linquist is is there saying, "So you want to uh, you want to clear out the chapel? I would be uh, I, I was so quite happy to get out of your way. This seems to be a church matter. Um, some of the guys here, I think, would be quite willing to come up for services. So how how often are you thinking of thinking of holding them?" Well, I, I, let's see what the situation is first, and then mm-hmm. um, that was quite a walk uh, from uh, that other place. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's um, a three-day three hike to civilization from here. Perhaps once a month would make most sense. Hmm. Um, 
yeah, I heard that's kind of what they they ended up doing in the past when the place was open. But it's been it hasn't been used for years, so you might have a, a bit of restoration to do there. I'll see what it looks like. Yes, um, it's more important that uh, you know God is, of course, everywhere. He doesn't need a pretty fancy chapel. Any any place will do. Um, <laughs> perhaps even we could set up temporarily here in the camp. If you had a spare room or a tent or something. Yeah, um, I'm sure we can rustle up a couple of tents. Uh, most of the, the more solid accommodations already been taken. Um, and how how far is the is the chapel? I mean, is it like five minutes of walk? Or it's a quarter of a mile, so really, really quick. Yeah. So yeah, five minutes, that's at most. Well, I'm I'm going to go have a, a look at it. We'll see this this woman you said is Living there, we'll see what we can do. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, she's not violent or anything, is she? Not that we've seen. A little bit eccentric, but yeah, no, nothing. Right. Nothing weird. I like eccentric. Eccentric's <laughs> yeah. kind of fun. We, we've heard some. We've heard some kind of uh, some kind of singing and banging up there. I think she's got some kind of drum. She's uh, she's beaten away on. Perhaps a mountain woman of some sort. Yes. Oh, all right. Very fine. Thank you. Um, we'll keep you posted on everything. This is very interesting. Not what I expected at all. Oh, God works in mysterious ways. And I'll, uh, I'll see you around. And he, he heads off. Jesse, shall we go yes, up there? Or... Let's go. I'd like to have a chat. And as if Kirsty and I are walking alone, I mean, we could probably see the chapel that we're heading towards. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you definitely see the uh, see the chapel ahead. I'm, and I'm wondering very much if our if our squatter is in fact uh, some sort of uh, you know wise woman of the woods. Perhaps, perhaps. We'll see. Yeah. In which uh, case we'd be more, more inclined to bargain with her than uh, mm. drive her away. Her arrival seems very... Yes. All right, let's go. Yes. Okay. And quick answer to message in the chat. Uh, you got the letter coming on Monday the 19th. Um, and then with the three days, or two days rather, by train... One day by coach and three days of hike. You're on the latter part of Saturday, the twenty fourth. So not quite wrapped round onto the next week, but you're getting close. But anyway, yes, you you start approaching the chapel, uh, the chapel, which you can see there is a thin column of smoke rising behind it. So you think there's mm-hmm. a little outdoor fire mm-hmm. that's on the other side, and yeah, you get there without any issues. Uh, inside. You have a quick look through the open doorway. Uh, all the pews have been moved uh, to the edge of the room, so it has a more large central open right. space uh, where there's definitely bedding that's been put uh, put down here. It's not like there's any disrespect to the the chapel here. It's just it's more functional that they've moved the stuff out of the way and they've quite tidily ordered it, and then they put their own bedding and their own equipment down on the floor. Right. Uh, one of the or a couple of things that Kersey will notice, probably more so than uh, yourself, is that there's definitely a drum here, 
and there's various other uh, little little bags and accoutrements of things like uh, grass and twigs uh, that kind of very much they they make they're kind of resonating with you. You get a bit more of an idea of the type of person that's here. Uh, this is you think a I'm probably going to butcher the pronunciation on this. I'm afraid. Uh, Noidi, um, otherwise known as a Sami shaman. Mm-hmm. Uh, unusually, uh, they haven't mentioned it's a female that's up here. Normally, that role is male, but it's not unheard of that there were there were female ones as well. And more, more thankfully, because you're now past 1858, you don't have to worry about such people being tried for witchcraft. Mm. Uh, which was something that uh, the church took great pleasure in doing and executing uh, such shamans for their beliefs. Well, we don't have to tell anyone. <laughs> well, exactly. the, the law that was saying that only uh, Lutheran Swedish church was the only religion here, that law has been abolished. So there is more freedom of religion now. Hence, they are tolerated a bit more. So, well, I, they said that she was doing something out back. They mentioned yeah, can that. we walk around so we see her? Yeah, hmm. yeah. You you head round the other side of the building, and you find there's a little campfire that's set up there where it looks like some like, cooking of a uh, rabbit is taking place on a spit. Um, but you the uh, the lady in question, dressed in very much furs and other typical uh, Sami traditional attire, uh, you can see that she's very precisely laying out uh, from some of these bags. Again, offerings of twigs and grass that she's placing in piles and then seems like she's almost talking to herself or um, maybe talking to some uh, to the mountain spooks. it seems afternoon. like she's making an offering good afternoon yeah she uh, she turns around oh um you're you're not with the the mine I haven't seen you here we are from Uppsala. She's got, well, that's a long, long way. It is what? indeed a long way. I am Father Victor Nistrom, and this is uh, uh, Kersey Frisk. Frisk. Nice oh, to yes, meet you. As soon as you mention the word father, she kind of recoils a little bit. We are not entirely what we appear to be. I am indeed a priest of the Lutheran Church, uh, but I'm not here to persecute you in any manner. Or convert. Um, or try to convert you. He's never convert. tried to convert me, I assure you. I've never he's tried not going to, to do the same to you. We okay. are here because of the vase. She nods. I think oh. we may share a similar similar goal then. We spoke with who? her. With with who? The- with the groove, Martha. Yes. Okay, she, she narrows her eyes a little bit. Maybe she doesn't recognise the term because they have their own, they have their own religious beliefs, which do vary also quite wildly, even from one region to the next. Exactly, the, 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 mother, the mother of the mountain. Of the mountain. Ah. Yes, so she gestures to the various piles of grass and twigs. Yes, I've been trying to trying to make contact myself that I, I had a I had a contact from Rana uh, Rana Dejita 
which again is a name that you would be familiar with as a one of the goddesses of the the Sami pantheon. They, they're quite animistic, but they do have some godlike figures in their mm-hmm. religion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, the literal translation of which is like the green or the green fertile fields, a uh, a daughter of the earth. Mm. So very much an earth spirit. Mm. Yes, the uh, the goddess as one of our one of our sites uh, called to me and said that there was there was disruption here something had been unbalanced that the the barrier between this world and the and the next the underworld is is in turmoil and the the reindeer will pass through here in a month in only a matter of months now whether this this disruption has to be settled before they come through and we can't afford to lose lose the herd indeed We so are, you, you... we're hoping, we, we know that the scientific curiosity is what is driving those that make the decisions to dig further into the mountain where they do not belong, where the spirit of the mountain does not want them to go. Hmm. We're hoping to possibly just disrupt the entire mining process so that it gets closed down the mountain rests in peace our people can pass through here with reindeer unbothered mm. we wish to we wish to restore the natural order of things exactly uh, so they've dug too deeply into the mountain do you know anything about the darkness in the within the mountain I've sensed something here with the obviously by by aid of the drum by the uh, by our chants by our by our spells by the the flute calls that I've tried to let my soul wander and pass over to the other side to see if there is something disturbing there and I believe there is something on the other side. I'm not I'm not sure what it is, but there's something there. Something that I almost feel it wants to get out. We fear it may have already received a, a path out. It, we think some of the miners have been infected with this darkness. We don't know how to cure them of it or if Mm. they're just doomed to die we don't know we don't know or worse that they could do something that the darkness has gotten out I'd be almost more afraid if they recover and get up and walk away into the world what if darkness is a thing a, a living breathing thing Oh, isn't just the uh, the dark and absence of light? Well, I hope so. But then again, how much light can you get into a human being? You can get a little in their eyes, but that's hmm. that's all. Yes, I wonder. I wonder if they are also in a position where they can comprehend what it is that this. This thing that wants to wants to get out. 
you think they might be able to speak to relate to us what it is that is happening to them it would be interesting to try yes because i as i said i think i know partially well perhaps perhaps not i'm i'm still still learning still exploring and still trying to uh, to comprehend how how miracles can take place here Kirsty has some skill. I'm not familiar because I was raised as a Christian, and uh, but I have come to rely that that she does have some skill in this. Mm-hmm. Perhaps we can work together to come to some way to help these these people and and rid this whole area of it, or at least banish mm-hmm. it back to the mountain. We have given the mining company the pretext that we are here to rebuild the chapel. Um, so we shall do that. But we, we're not telling you to leave. You can stay here. Oh, that's, that's good. That's good. And she reaches just behind her back. And then when she pulls her hand back, she's got this nice, big, juicy red apple. And just offers it you forward and says, "Care for one?" Oh crap! <laughs> is there anything strange about? Would I would I perceive anything strange about this? Uh, just... Yeah, get, well, getting an apple out in the middle of nowhere here, where there's no yeah. apple trees. I've read Snow White. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, offers it to Kersey. No, thank you. Uh, she she takes a big bite out of it. Uh, uh, crunches away, puts her hand behind her back, and when her hand comes back out, there's no apple there. It does make me it makes me it gives me an idea, Kersey. What if we introduced something into the food or the the water? That would make all of the miners sick, not kill them, not not injure them, but make them sick so that they couldn't work on the mine. Maybe, but eventually they'll get better and destroy the mining mine resumes. The Sorry, what? I what said we can destroy the mining. Oh process. yes, yes. The mining mining operation is not a twenty four hour process, is it? They're not I there all they said, every though, single that day. They're they're digging down there. Mm. I don't know. It's not a bad idea. It's an option. I'll have to discuss it with the others. Um, No. No, it, is, it is getting dark, so about yeah. your time to meet up is starting to approach. We're going to have to go back. Um, yes, we, thank you for your time, and I I'm, will be in touch. I know that, you know, I think we'll, we'll need each other in this endeavor. No, she nods and says, okay, I, you, I'm going to be here. What's uh, your name? Uh, oh, um, Aidnu. Okay. All right, so let's go back to the camp. 
yeah, she she watches you leave, but otherwise there's no, no real sense of hostility. Although you do notice maybe if you look back over her shoulder, your shoulder again, she's pulling another apple out from behind her, which she then takes another big juicy bite of. All right. Otherwise, you make it back to the camp without any problem. And yeah, that's about the time that uh, Oscar's emerging from the adit. Uh, Torren, uh, if you want to have gone out and started hunting for uh, for small game, uh, give me a investigation roll. It's probably the best thing here, which I think your uh, your little canine friend helps with out in the wilderness. Yes, he does. Nada. Okay, yeah, as the... As Tilda mentioned, that the fact you might be having to go far off for uh, for meat and game seems to be accurate. That on the slopes of the mountain, there isn't really anything here. I suppose I've had to leave Hulda with you as well. Yeah, they're not going to let a dog down in the shaft. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but, I you know, those two are, are good pals, so. Mm Yeah, I don't think Holder could manage the stairs, the, the ladder. No. <laughs> Not easily, anyway. But where do you want to meet up? Um, if it's going on evening, the mess for dinner, possibly. Yeah, where the food is. Yeah, yeah, you can uh, you can meet up in there. The uh, dinner's still being prepared, so you're oh, okay. effectively effectively alone because uh, Tilda will be at the other end of the tent. So you're not being overwhelmed by yeah. miners coming in. Good way to kind of meet up again and discuss. How do we solve this? We think that the darkness itself is some sort of thing. It doesn't respond at all to my cross or religious beliefs. It's not evil. It's just darkness. It's, it responded to the light, though, didn't it? It seemed to retreat a bit, but how could we get light into somebody's body? It's got the entire body to be in the darkness. Well, and your description uh, suggests that maybe they should be lantern lit all night so that the darkness doesn't continue to pour from within I mean if you if you literally saw it move across an eye what if it you know what if the, ex the expansion is complete um, I had asked uh, Walter about putting a guard on the infirmary and he seemed convinced but that doesn't mean he can actually allocate somebody or that you know they would stay awake or Lantern, you know. So we could leave the lanterns on all night. I'm, I'm actually thinking that if if there's something there and we need to get rid of it, it's going to have to be on a fire, um, yeah. so that it dies in the light and has no way of escaping. Yeah, telling a group of twenty odd miners that we need to burn a few of the survivors of a collapsed drift I think is a, a very hard sell I was thinking if I was on the shift tomorrow digging for the last two I could inadvertently impale one with a pick 
but that seems like uh, something that well, could also draw a lot of wrath. I'm wondering from Kersey if there's some of these mountain herbs out here that would cause the men to become ill for a while. And then I'm, I'm should yeah, I'm sure them. that there's uh, I'm sure there's some herbs you could put in food that'll have people, you know, running for the bathroom all evening. Blow the, the mine, huh? Oh, I don't know. I was actually even afraid to close the eyes of the men because I figured that which that would plunge them into complete darkness. I mean, uh, they've been buried underground for so long. Buried and trapped. Under now tons of rock. Trapped. There was no light getting to them. I mean, the rock, the rock seems to keep this this darkness contained, doesn't it? I mean, otherwise yeah. it leaked out years ago. I think these bodies need to go back where they were found. I think that's what the Guardian thought best. Yeah. Edna seemed to suggest that um, we might be able to converse with them. Or maybe she was implying, Kersey, that you could somehow contact them. I, the only thing I could think of is a seance. They're not truly dead, though. I don't that would be my only way to communicate with them that I personally have skill for. I don't Maybe know their souls are caught in between. And even closer. You don't think that we risk bringing the darkness out by I, doing something like this? I thought, I thought that, that Torin's concern was quite reasonable. I don't know what they could tell us either. We know that there's a beautiful room of quartz just beyond their grasp. What if when we, if we do a seance, what if we did it in a, they're, this is a mining operation. Surely they have quite bright lighting available for when they go deep into the mountain. Perhaps we gather in a room with some of the brightest light, you know, something that, that could kind of contain any darkness we fear might escape from performing a seance. Lanterns, you know, spotlights, whatever we can get our hands on. And then perform a saying, I don't know. Just just trying to think of a way to contain it. I don't know. I I, I wonder also what you met Lindqvist. He seemed not malicious, right? No, you mentioned a sort of Christian aspect. He has no problem with me resetting the the chapel and um, Could you convince him that the crystal room was malignant? I, know. I mean, it does not seem like a ter- terrifically Christian thing to open up a, a magical room in the heart of a mountain. It's possible. I mean, the oh, we're all a bit superstitious on the inside. If I were to suddenly claim to have had a vision from God who says don't go to the crystal room. That might make him stop. It might also make him evolve more curious. At this point, the most direct approach remains 
stealing every explosive we can find on the place and closing the shaft. As you say that, Torrin gets up and rushes out of the mess tent. Call the wild. Uh, well, let's see. Yeah, let's, yeah, get up and go after him. <laughs> okay, you're, you're a little way behind him. Um, as you get out of the tent, you kind of look around to see which direction he's, uh, which direction he's going off in, or she was going off in. And yeah, you can see, looks like Torrance following uh, the doctor, uh, Sylvie, that you've, uh, that you met a, li- a little while ago. Uh, that she's heading off in the direction of the chapel. So she's marching out of this, uh, the area of the tents and the buildings that are set up here and looks like she's carrying something. She's taking food to the old woman. Oh, carrying something of what size? Uh, I got a bottle sized and a box in the other hand. In a hurry. Yeah, she's moving for the fair degree of, pay, uh, fair degree of speed. I don't like this. Well, we should go, though. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Wait! Oh, God, what if the darkness is in her? She kind of looks around somewhat, but uh, doesn't really pay you any heed. And continues on towards the chair. I'm going to stop her physic- physically. Okay, give me a force roll. Uh, force one. Force physique. <laughs> Nope, nothing. Five days. Okay, no, she, uh, she's pretty, pretty strong, almost like a kind of woman possessed. That she's going st- uh, straight towards that uh, that chapel with intent. And she goes, shrugs you off, and just says, "Let me go. This is any concern of yours." What? No concern of mine. What the hell are you doing? Just you, you get this kind of. Almost incoherent rant that she's almost grunting as she's going forward. Uh, you catch a little, a little bit of uh, coherency though. Just saying, lies, 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 all lies. Torin, send the dog. I mean, the bigger dog. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't know if. I, uh... I I, don't, I just want to take her down at this point. I mean, if it's get, getting the dog and myself to bash her over. <laughs> right, if, if you're, yep. again, you can intend this, you've tried stopping her, but actually yep. forcefully bringing her down, then yeah, give yep. me force. Uh, is it close combat or? Uh, close combat is weaponry. So doing it un, um, unarmed is force. Okay. Good force. Yeah, I'm assuming the rest of us are running up to this situation. Yeah. What what about the dog? I mean, the dog gives me a bonus on close combat. I guess this is what I'm asking if I'm getting goosed oh, to true. assist. Uh, then yes, I'll give you the bonus for the dog as well. Okay. Because you're unarmed, but it's kind of the, the weapon in this case. Okay, one. Out of a whole lot of dice, one. <laughs> okay, right. Yeah, you... You knock her down on the ground just as the rest of you are uh, turning up, and I, pre- I presume one of you has a light source. Does an, uh, does one of you have a lantern? Sure. Well, I grabbed a lantern as I went out the door. There you go. Right What's as as Torrens uh, got the uh, got the nurse uh, or the doctor down on the ground, 
as she rolls over and her eyes are completely black but to the point where it's also like oil running down the side uh, running down the sides of her face and starting to slowly pull out from her nose i'll bring the, the lantern close to her face okay yeah, it starts to retreat back in back inside of her but she looks up at you with just this feeling of you just you feel the anger radiating off her and she points up particularly particularly straight at your dog collar and just says lies there is no god there's nothing up there it's just black that thing up there is an edifice to just pure lies deceit and i want to tear it all down and as she screams there is this almighty explosion and the uh, the chapel just starts bits of it start raining down around you what did you do? What's she carrying? Uh, she's carrying what looks to be a bottle of lantern oil and there's a box of flint and steel. Oh, I'm running for the chapel to go check on um, the the woman out there. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Uh, you rush over uh, over there and find that she's got sprawled on the ground behind it, uh, looking somewhat dazed. Yeah, immediately. Are, are you okay? Are you okay? I'm like checking over. What, what hit me? I, I I don't know what's happened. I I think the chapel. It's I, I don't know. It's blown up or something. Yeah, you you can see she, there's definitely there's some blood matted in the in the in the back, hair at the back of her head. But as she pull puts her hand up and tries to just feels around. You can always see the blood start to pull itself back into uh, back into her skull, and the flesh of where evidently there's something something looks like a large block of stone hit her start to knit up. Um, you can give me a fear check for that. Very well. Did the rest of us have to do a fear check for seeing that oil stuff coming out of the eyes? If you haven't if you haven't seen the bodies in the infirmary, then yes, that would also be one one for you. So I failed um, instead of. Pushing it and taking two, I can just take the one, correct? Yeah, and then you're going to be terrified for 1d6 yeah. rounds. Yeah, I'll be fr- frightened, yeah. Um, let's see. Just one round. Okay. I so. fail. Hey, same, same thing. So d6. Ooh, five. Okay, you're maybe out of it for a little longer. But, I mean, I'm uh, just... I guess fear, I guess. Mm-hmm. Just Yeah, frightened is perfectly reasonable. Holding on to my dog and being like... <laughs> I yeah, I mean, should not even, have had to do anywhere near her, Gustav. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, even the dogs whimpering, going, trying to pull back away. How did Oscar do? What did I roll? I'm sorry. Uh, logic or learning? Uh, not logic. Logic, uh, logic or... or empathy? Your choice of the two. Uh, you have. In terms of this, it's all of you are in a group, so you get an additional plus three because you have everyone else oh, the uh, with you. Do you have brave or safety in numbers? I, do, I have defensive. Okay, then just that's that's your dice pool then. But uh, yeah, the, but the three from my friends, that's seven. So mm-hmm. uh, two successes. So I'm. Oh, yeah, you're more than coping right. with this. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out how to knock her unconscious without killing her because I don't know that she's permanently damaged, but I she can't keep using telekinetic powers. Mm-hmm. That's not okay. So I think it's uh I don't know. Father, how can we make her stop? 
How can we put her down? I'm I'm completely at a loss. It doesn't respond to anything that I do. It's yeah. It responds a little bit. Maybe you keep the light on her and the light. Yeah. And and the kid will keep retreating. But there are three others at least. We have And how did they infect her? She wasn't in the in the mine. Yeah, well, that's what I fear. They it spreads. It gets out. You can, uh, start, you can start to hear that there are yells and screams coming from different parts of the mine, particularly up by the mine head, and also back in the more residential area where the where they have their quarters. Yeah, Lynn Lindquist has brought a plague up out of the center of the earth, and I we just have to go for the dynamite. I think. I, I, I agree. I think we just we just have to do it. Evacuate people as quickly as we can and just just do it. And the people that are out of the mine, I, I don't know what we'll have to do with them, but I don't. Well, it's nighttime, know. so they've come out of the mine. Right. No, the people who are infected who are already on the That's, surface. Yes, the, she's the worried about. I don't know what to do with the infected. You know, maybe once it's sealed, the signal will be lost. But certainly, Father's impression that this inkiness wasn't evil is incorrect. It's distinctly malignant and not merely blind. Um, so, uh, Torin, I think you and I are the sneakiest. I can help as well with that. Good, and I've seen the. I've seen the. Mine, I know where things are to some extent. Yeah, the, the doctor who was previously under uh, Torrens, but pinning him, uh, pinning her down, um, she's just laying there looking up at you while you're having this discussion around her with just this big grin on her face and gently shaking her head. What is it you want, spirit? What is it? <clears throat> She, she just chuckles at that. I, whatever I want, I can have. I know, I know that now. I know that this is all. Everything here has just been a lie. This that for so long, all I had to do was, and at that point, there is just this almighty tear, and the body, almost like a rag doll is pulled in several different directions as her head rolls off down the hill, uh, laughing all the way down. Um, the hands start crawling off in different directions. The legs start twitching and jumping uh, around and the torso rolls off. Uh, you can give me all, all, all definitely give me fear checks for that. Because and now I have penalties. I was about to say, it's three. minus one dice if we, yes, okay. For mental conditions, yeah. But you all get your plus three because you're all together. Oh, yes. Oh. Hmm? Fail. All right. Yeah, I'm gonna take, you can take another condition then. <laughs> I am frightened and I'm feeling hopeless. Yay. Do I take the same one again since I had it for two? Did I have it for two rounds? No, that condition stays there. You're just terrified for the two rounds, which is things like clamming up, uh, fleeing, attacking uh, the enemy. In this case, you just go catatonic for a couple. Uh, you went catatonic for a couple of rounds. Okay. Well, then in this retreat. case, I guess the only one left is anger. So I'm really mm -hmm. angry. 
Yeah. Now, remember that you have your mementos, which you can use to negate one condition, either physical or mental, your choice once per scenario. So that maybe if you're stacking them up, that might be time to uh, ditch them. And inspiration uh, can also help clear someone else's conditions, uh, mental conditions, that is. Um, I will try to inspire Father Newstrom. I'm not terrible at that, and I'm so far in command of my senses. I think also. Oh, I rolled four sixes with four dice, and I'm using right. my Inspiring. cross to get rid of hopelessness. Okay. Oh, with with four, um, you can spread that around if you want. So you can oh. use it to cancel out other conditions if anyone else has got them. Everybody, we have to act now, and we can. It's not too late. Four helps. So how many conditions do we collectively get to get rid of? Four. Because I have two on me right now. How many so, do you have, uh, Victor? Well, at the moment, I had three. Okay. So I used my cross to get rid of hopelessness. You got two left. So two it, for the both of you, then. Two okay. And you have one now? I have, it's, I'm fine. I can deal with the one. It's not okay. Yeah, you can just, just use your memento and cross that off if you need to. So I have anger and Once. I have fear. Not, not anymore. Oscar has rallied us. <laughs> All right. For, for, a, for a definitely a young little guy, a young little scrapper, he's definitely he's a wordsmith. Is the thing telling us that because it's dark, it can do anything, it can go anywhere, yeah, well, the head rolled down the hill, so either it's going to infect the spring down the hill and we're going to wake up in a world of madness, or it's wrong because it's mad. Uh, but we have to make sure that this project can't continue, and the only way to do that is violence. I agree. Fire. I agree. Hey, I got a rifle. I got a dog. I, I say we just blow it up. I know where there's some dynamite. I know where the shaft goes. Uh, and yeah. other people, like either the either the dark ones are going to be rushing down to dig more out, which I hope is not the case. But if they are, we can bury them. Or they're running around the camp causing mayhem, in which case there won't be anybody minding the shaft. Well, let's so, go figure out what's what. Uh, and I'm going to take this this uh, jar of lamp oil because it's here. Um, I'm going to call out um, to Grumacha and see if she'll show up. She told hey. us to call her in the mine, but who knows? Well, we saw her last night not in the mine, so. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, she she can appear on the surface as per the, the legends about trying to mislead prospectors that go looking for looking for stuff. So you you yell out. We need your help, Grumarka. Mm -hmm. And there's a flash of light from roughly where the uh, the steaming or the smoking pile of what used to be the chapel was. And holding her lantern, she comes around round the smoke and appears before you. We don't know what to do. We think the darkness is spreading. Yeah, she, she looks around with a, a degree of removal, but also a degree of 
definitely she's upset. And she just nods. Yes, they have. They seem to be understanding. Do you, is this something? Do you know if this is something that could be put back? I don't think that there's any hope for those those here. And she looks towards the the areas where you can hear screaming coming from. There's also then a sudden flash, almost like this pillar of fire, which rises up from one of the uh, one of the main huts near the mine head, which you think was the blacksmith's hut. Just this intense uh, column of fire rises up into the sky, and then slowly the the hut, <laughs> what's left of it, almost seems to sink into the rock before it fully burns. Yeah, I'm I'm going to the mine head. Thank you, Guardian. We'll do what we can. Yeah, I'm going with him, yeah. Okay, so heading up towards the minehead, um, you can, as you're passing nearer the area where the miners are are based, they're kind of their quarters, um, you can hear screaming and you can hear people writhing and calling out in terror. Uh, This isn't pain, this is utter fright. And some of those tents seem to be moving and collapsing in on themselves. Until finally, they almost collapse into the. Some of them collapse into the ground, and then just the stone seals up over where the tent used to be. I think she's doing that to help us. Maybe. I hope. I'm not certain. Uh, so at the, whole place. at the mine ahead, there's probably a door with a lock on it that says "Danger TNT." Mm. Well, there is, uh, there's a couple of store, these store huts dotted around. And definitely there's where the wood store is, is where you think that probably uh, other such equipment like tools and explosives would be kept. Uh, the, uh, the hut in question, you can see that uh, this wood part, this wood store, the entrance to it, the walls are moving as if the wood is twisting and buckling. Father, do you want to try to um, intercede? Maybe splash a little? I, I can try. I don't think it'll do anything. Um, I can give you a blessing. I'll take a blessing. I've inspired you. Yeah. So I'll give him a blessing. Okay, that's an additional plus two to any role of your choice. Um, okay, so if I jam a crowbar into the door of this rock, rick, this wiggling shed, yeah, uh, it's almost it's almost as if the uh, the wood has turned to rubber, but it's almost alive and moving like it's a living thing. So getting the crowbar in there and popping the door doesn't require much effort at all. Right? As the door swings back. The wood melds with the wall, and given a good view of the inside, you can see um, a figure which you probably would have passed on the way out of the uh, mine, so you'd recognize it as the, the mine's carpenter. Um, this, uh, this man laying back on the pile of wood just with his arms outstretched and this uh, look of ecstatic joy on his face, 
as he is slowly turning to wood and joining with every piece of wood around him and seems to be bringing everything together in the form of this uh, God, blasphemous parody of a tree that he is forming the, uh, the, main, uh, the main trunk sure. of. So the, the explosives are in wooden crates. Can I hook one with a crowbar and pull it out of this mass? Give me an agility roll. You get uh, you give you the bonus for the crowbar. Six, seven. Where's my seventh die? Two sixes. Okay, right. Uh, roll me two d six. Ten. That's how many sticks of dynamite you're able to retrieve. Okay, so I'm f- falling on my keister with the bit of wood and a small pallet of dynamite, mm-hmm. which is not not nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get a we drag a cart from the top of the shaft. Uh, 600 feet. That's I don't I don't think carts go all the way down. It's a bucket, bucket that's lowered up and down. Well, that's to retrieve stuff, but oh, right, the carts are in. So if we put, if we put a crate on the rollers, that'll just go right down at, you know. Will it? Free f- well, because the rollers are taller, so they can drag things across them. Otherwise, you know, if the steps were taller, it would just go kunk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the rollers are higher, as you say, otherwise that nothing would pass over them. I mean, maybe we'll make a little sled or something. To I, I, just, make it- I just fear that it's going to go and the dynamite's going to tumble and it's not going to do what we needed to do. It, it would be much more reliable to place it by hand, but that does mean going down there. Well, I mean, if I, is there, are these on, are these on one continuous fuse or? Uh, each one is a, you've got a, probably a bundle, uh, let's say a bundle of five, six, five or six sticks each mm-hmm. um, that have a central fuse that they connect to, but they can be pulled apart so they can then be put into single uh, holes that have been uh, struck Ankle. into, the, into the, or the ore, the bedrock. Right, but I, you know, at six hundred feet down, I, the only way to do it is to be closer. So, uh, would probably be. Are these the kind of fuses that you light? Yes. Yeah. So you probably wouldn't be able to get out of the shaft before the whole thing went. Well, that, I think we're collapsing. We're we're collapsing one tunnel, aren't we? Yeah, the whole thing's not going to go. It's true that it's uh, not safe, but um, you know, the only we, we basically want to close off the six hundred foot level. So what we're going to do is collapse the shaft above that. We don't have to aim it at that tunnel, hmm. but that does mean going down to four hundred feet or so. And then climbing for my life, but I don't know. I mean, I otherwise we're just going to get eaten by these things up here. So, uh, thanks for the blessing. Um, 
<laughs> I also think that we have to consider that these things are already out. Blowing that up down there might not do a damn thing. Well, well we have to stop it anyway and yeah. deal with them. And it might here. be a matter of everything's going to be ruined until the sun comes up and they get melted. But they're pulling themselves into the ground where it's dark. I, we don't have time. I'll see you. Right. I start climbing. You start shimmying on down then. Right. You, you just start descending. And as it's past sunset, there's obviously no other workers down here. But you do hear movement below you, especially when you get, start getting towards that uh, that junction where it's at 400 and yet yeah, below you you can start hearing the sounds of rock being pulled aside but in vast quantities uh, it's almost like heavy earth working going on down there okay so slight change of plan um we're gonna unravel a group and start tossing one down at a time so they don't get up to me before i can drop a larger chunk and okay. at least this way, I'll get to throw it down an empty space, which means it'll be farther away when it pops. Technical, so, technical question. Is it dynamite or TNT? It's dynamite. So okay. sticks. Dynamite will explode on impact if it hits something hard enough. You can just throw it. That's the good thing about throwing it down the channel, yeah. Same, same principle of shooting it. That will set it off as well. Right. TNT won't. TNT is stable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, this ain't. <laughs> so if you start throwing stuff, uh, give me range combat. Ooh, and this is where I'm not as strong. This is where maybe I should have gone there. Um, <laughs> however, <laughs> I will, I, you know, I have, I start with four dice for range combat, but if I use the blessing on the first, then that's not going to mean I die immediately. Because <laughs> yeah, there, there is a dynamiter talent that the hunter uh, has access to. So yeah, range combat is very much for uh, in your benefit for doing things with dynamite as well. How do you do? I got one. Right. Uh, you, in which case, uh, you drop or throw the dynamite down the shaft and it lands at the bottom. And as soon as it does so, there is an almighty boom uh, bits of uh, showers of chips of rock get uh, thrown in your face, and you hear creaks as part of the part of obviously the ceiling down there starts to give way, but it's not giving way totally. Okay. Uh, but I didn't see anybody moving or thing. You didn't see anything moving, but once you've done that, once your ears start to stop ringing, you think you hear singing. And it's singing you haven't heard for a little uh, for a while. Thinking I thought I heard, but thought I was m- making up. Yeah, um, more perhaps repressing, because the mm. last time you heard it, you were in a um, you were in woodland, and you'd stayed there for a while, and you realise that it's a certain Fang Fangtil uh, Jar that wants you to come back to her. Give me a fear check. So bad. Uh, one, plus. Oh, two sixes. Okay, uh, yeah, you are able to repress your uh, memories of your trauma. 
And even though this in the dust, it almost seems like there is this black silhouette forming of her outline stood at the bottom, uh, bottom of the chant, the bottom of the shaft that you're able to go blink and maybe force yourself to think this ain't real. This isn't, she can't be down there. Doesn't make any sense. She's not from under the earth. Indeed. It's a lie. Like the crazy lady said, okay, so I've unraveled one of the groups of six. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm going to go up five steps. And now I know I don't have to worry about the fuse anymore because it hit, it landed, it it didn't wait. It just boomed. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do a bundle of two and then go up a little bit and throw a bundle of two, just trying to go straight down the shaft. Okay. Uh, For each one, roll me your range combat. It's all about how many how many successes you get before the roof comes down. Yeah, I'm not going to get better, sadly. Right, so that's all right. It is four each time now. Okay, failed that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I, I think you, you'd, actually, you'd also get um, additional dice for the weapon itself. So have an additional two. Oh, that's reasonable. Mm-hmm. Ah, and saving. Okay, that's a success. Okay. All right. Next bundle of two. Uh, one six. Okay. You're definitely hearing creaking around you as the uh, the rock is starting to give way. Uh, what's everyone doing up top? Uh, I'm oh, scanning. I'm I am scanning to make sure there's nothing coming up to kill us. I have my gun out. I'm. Okay, I'm uh, uh, no go go. I'm going to use the oil from the lantern to at least sort of make a circle around us a fire mm-hmm. to keep the darkness from getting to us. Yeah, Here. you can definitely definitely light it up. Kersey? I have a question, actually. I have something called powdered stag's horn, which oh. is like, re- re- it says resist the temptations of Vason, but I, mm-hmm. I figured that was more like... Um, like literally being tempted by Vason to do something that you don't want to do. But I yeah, didn't know is... if it was applicable in this situation. Uh, it would be if one of those uh, one of those miners had got to you, because then you could gotcha. use that to resist. But uh, you were uh, not around okay. when they decided to get up and walk. All right. As it is, um, I just I have like I have a dagger ready and I'm just trying to be aware. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in which case those that are looking around and uh, generally being on guard can give me a vigilance roll. Two successes. One success. One success. Okay. Um, there are definitely two, well, what were people left up in this part of the, the mine up by the mine head? Uh, you can see that there's uh what was the carpenter has now subsumed all the wood that was surround, uh, surrounding the wood store, uh, the hut, the carpenter shop has all been dragged into itself. And it has now formed this almost a parody of a tree that is starting to dig its roots into the, um, into the, the stone rock floor beneath it. And then goes fairly still as it finally takes root. And that, jet of flame which came out from the from from the blacksmiths the flame is still in this pit as it's grown so hot it's just burnt its way through into the ground and melted the stone beneath 
but you can see that even within the flame, there is still this humanoid figure that stood there, just arms out wide, gesturing towards the heavens as the fire starts to slowly recede. And it seems to be that it is also made of flame. Uh, the only other sign of life that you can spot at the moment would be from the direction of the uh, the owner's hut. So the, the main office, the, wood ca uh, the log cabin, where you can see through the uh, peeking through the window, there is uh, Linquist and also a, uh, a woman that you think is probably Jonsson that's, uh, that is currently looking outside in complete terror, wondering what the hell is going on. They're probably safest there anyway. Any sign of um, Aidenu? Uh, well, she was last, last you saw her, she was back down at the chapel. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's okay. Not, yeah. not within sight. Very well. Mm -hmm. But no, no, no one seems to be coming towards you. And there's still cries down from the other, the other part of the camp where you can see more tents are being slowly subsumed into the ground. It looks like one of the one of the miners you can see in the dim light is kind of trying to make a run for it. But as he runs, you can see it's almost as if the stone beneath him starts turning to quicksand and starts to slowly swallow him up until finally he descends beneath beneath the surface and the ripple of the stone return goes solid as if it's not watery anymore. Why are Lundquist and the other woman in that? Why are they safe in there? Everyone else is falling apart. What is it about them? Mm. Right. And Oscar, I think you've got through probably about five sticks now by my count. I think if there were two bundles, I've done one bundle. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm my idea, you know, having scrambled up from, I was approaching the 400 depth and I've been going up in stages. So I think I'm going to try to achieve around the 200 level. Mm hmm and then light the second bundle and let try to let it slide down the rollers as a group. Okay, okay so you're sending like, the whole lot down in one go. Yeah. Okay, I'll give you a plus four for that because it's effectively like going to be two lots of uh, two lots of bundle, uh, two two lots of two plus one. That's a lot of dice. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's only the first seven maybe be one six, but two more sixes. Ah, there you go. Yeah. So that's one in the first slot and then another two. That takes you up to a total of six by my count. Mm -hmm. Right, well, five is what you need. So you, throw, you end up sending this thing down and it goes with an almighty boom. You can, you can feel the earth shake around you. The cracks start running up the central, uh, the central incline shaft, and you can, you can feel that the whole ceiling is giving way. So the central shaft is going to come down, and you're currently in it. So give me an agility roll to get the hell out of there. Six. Five on this agility. <laughs> Only one success. Okay. Well, the mountain has a significant number of dice, so let's see how much damage it's going to do. And even with 10 dice, I still only roll two. So your one agility will take off one of my successes. Uh, you take one physical condition as you are uh, so climbing your way for dear life. Battered by stone. Getting, yeah, probably getting out of the adit rather than climbing all the way back up. You can sprint uh, much easier than you can... Uh, then you can climb. Right. So as soon as you see you're on that level, which was originally how you were shown into the mine, 
you leg it just as there is this almighty crack and the ground shakes even for the three of you above uh, above on the surface and as soon as that crack starts to uh, starts to subside silence descends on the whole area is it contained with the, the blacksmith, we could see him very clearly. Is he still standing there or is he collapsed to the ground? Or Well, there's, there's say this figure of flame that was once the blacksmith. Uh, the fire retreats even more <coughs> and him with it. And then there is just this molten pit of uh, or molten stone that's been burnt through. The tree stops moving completely and all the cries from down, uh, down in the other part of the camp stop. And this eerie silence just descends over the whole area. I'm going to go march over to the cabin where Lindquist mm-hmm. and Johnson are. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, going you, with you. Yeah, you head over there and throw open the door. Yep. Yeah, they, they kind of back away from you and they look, they're wide open eyed in genuine terror, saying, What the hell is going on here? Was it worth it? What? What? what I, I don't know what you mean. What? What? What the hell is happening here? You, you were warned, weren't you? What the hell were you still digging in that mountain for? Was, you brought this upon yourselves. What do you mean brought brought this on? I don't even understand what this is. All, all we found was a, a a a wonderful specimen. This, but just this sheer curved wall of of solid, completely clear quartz, like a geologist's dream. This, this, this kind of stuff doesn't manifest in nature. This was a geological wonder, the wonder of the world. We just wanted to excavate it and, and then claim that we'd found it. That's all we were doing. We, we, we were going to call in, the, call in the academia to look at That's this. That's all you were doing. Yes. <laughs> they warned you. You were warned, but you've ignored it. You don't believe in the spirits of the mountain, but the mountain spirits are true. Yeah, you there's east darkness into the world. There's this look that passes between them where it's almost as if you could almost see the speech bubble above them saying, do you think that crazy miner was right? Uh, you can give me your choice. So whoever wants to lead this, uh, your choice of inspiration or manipulation and for everyone, every other person that's helping in the conversation can add a dice as long as they've got the relevant skill that the leader is choosing. I got nothing. I got a whole lot of anger, though. <laughs> I'll, <laughs> Makes I'll, sense. I'll use my inspiration. Hmm? Which Do is we have to have at least one die in it to like assist? As long as you've got one point of the skill. Well, yeah, then yeah. Yes. I do not. So. Hmm. Do you have in, uh, do you have manipulation? Do no. <laughs> I got that too. Um, I'd like to help, but I'm crawling up the hill uh, with a limp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're you're arriving as this kind of wraps up. All right. Is my manipulation and my inspiration are the same? So nothing. Do you want to push it? So take a condition and re-roll. Yeah, this is where hopelessness is going to come in. 
Uh, three sixes. Okay, there, there. There's this light bulb moment between them, <laughs> and they look at each other, and it's Linquist that eventually says that there's no other explanation. We can't explain what what the hell's going on here. And Johnson is uh, the one that find kind of takes longer to break down. She's saying it was just. It was just crystal. There's, this, this, this is just hysteria. This was, this was madness. This was, this, there's no, there's no such thing as spirits. There isn't. There isn't. And she just eventually breaks down, crying on the ground, when she's confronted with there is no other explanation that makes any sense. Yeah, go, go tell, just go, go tell your carpenter who turned himself into a tree that there's no spirits. Uh, she just rocks back and forwards, kind of silently after a while, weeping. About the same by the time Oscar arrives. And Linquist looks to you again with watery eyes and just says, What what do we do? I think tomorrow when the sun comes up, we're going to have to find all of the miners who are infected and burn them. If there are any left above ground, that is. Mm-hmm have to stop mm. this operation. It cannot continue. Leave it can never continue again. You own this property. All the people you brought here have paid the price with their lives for your hubris. So the least you could do it. is to never sell this property again. And he nods. We'll have to we'll have to seal the entrance then. Yeah, Make sure no one can get down there. Uh, he turns to Jonsen and says, you can take care of that. She nods. Right, and wrapping up as a, uh, a little closing montage then. Uh, the next morning, there are charges laid at the adit, so to bring down the roof there so that no one can get in from the side. Uh, the tunnels, which are, uh, originally were dug on the surface for the original the surface deposits, Charges laid around those and it basically forms a crater as it collapses in on itself, forming a pile of rubble that goes straight the way down to the 50 foot level. So it's 50 feet of rock that's blocking the main entrance and likewise similarly at the adit. Looking around the rest of the, the miners, at least who were left down in, the, uh, down in the main quarters of the residential area, there's a few people that have survived uh, that don't seem to be infected with anything. Um, some of the, the eyewitness reports and testimony you get from them is that the uh, originally the doctor left in a hurry from the infirmary, presumably after them getting up from inside and doing something to her, maybe infecting her, mm -hmm. and that that set her on a path to go and destroy the chapel. That um, they then made a beeline straight for the, uh, the minehead so they could descend down into the depths to go and do something down there. Uh, say, probably one of you thinks, well, they did mention about, or you did mention about them going down there to, to find their comrades that were still buried. Perhaps that's what they were doing. You don't know. We say Oscar never got, uh, never went down to the bottom level. Maybe a good, good choice. But it seems like anyone that got in their way and was saying, oh, uh, congrats, you're up and about. What's the, basically they were all stunned to find these people walking through the camp that they went up to them and that they just saw the, the, these figures walk, that were walking towards the mine whisper in their ear, 
and that's when they started going a bit nuts. That it seemed to be that they were scared of everything around them. They were scared of the dark. They were scared of the very uh, ground they were touching. Some of them went dove straight into their tents to try and find some kind of safety in there, and the tents ate them before it descend descended into the ground. But whatever happened here is completely and utterly alien to your experience. There is nothing that you've encountered so far in either the annals of the society or any other documentation back at the castle that could potentially explain what the hell was going on. But as you eventually, the, the survivors with you gather together and start making their way back towards civilization because the boat won't be back for another five, six days, that there's all just this wonder of what is really down there buried under 600 feet of rock. If they was able to survive down there the first time, are they still alive? Are they dead? Just what is down there? And as you are heading back towards town, that's where our curtain comes down. And that's the end of our scenario. And with a, a few unanswered questions. Nice. Excellent. There we are. I won't give it away. Uh, for the uh, for the listeners, but we can have a chat afterwards to give you mm -hmm. some idea of what was okay. uh, what was going on here. But for for anyone that's read the core book, uh, have a look at the uh, kind of the meta plot running in base, and you might get an idea of maybe exactly what was potentially going on here. But that's all I will say. All right, cool. Our players included Holly Buto, David Gasway, Morgan Llewellyn, and myself, with Matthew Sanderson as the keeper of the secrets. We have a Discord server where you can chat with our other members, you can set up private games, you can learn the finer arts of gameplay and game mastering. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. If you'd like to support our show, please visit our Patreon account, just a dollar to a month. Helps us a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch the bell icon for updates on our latest shows and leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering the questions you might have. This is Tom Riley, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of Scandinavian mythology and the Vasen role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming.